0: Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with The Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on The Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to share it as well.
1: Get it? It's adventure music.
0: When you listen to The Gary and Shannon Show. Little says it's time to rock and roll.
2: Bring the noise. You say crazy, I say Gary. You say savage, I say Shannon. Crazy. Gary. Savage. Shannon. Let's run that whole thing back. Oh, oh These people You say unbelievable, I say Gary Hoffman. You say incredible, I say Shannon Farron. Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: Already covered so much ground this morning.
0: I feel like we've learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, like the first ninety minutes of the day are already packed with so much information.
1: Covered not, a lot of bases. Come down
0: from that. Do you know what a plethysmograph is? Yes. Well, that kind of comes up into what we're going to talk about in the eleven thirty segment. There was a ruling already today at a court in Sacramento about the Golden State Killer and evidence that now is going to have to be turned over, including...
1: DNA, fingerprints, and body photographs. Body photographs, because a lot of the women who he attacked reported that his penis was smaller than average. Brings up an array
0: of...
1: Well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm tiptoeing lightly here.
0: How big? There are a lot of questions that come as a result of yes, that. Uh, and I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. There are a lot of questions that come as a result. Well, you, of that. there was a story we we talked about uh, whether or not the state mm-hmm. of the genitalia was important when it comes to presenting it in court. Is it identifiable enough in any of its states? Or do you have to put take a picture of it in one state and then take a picture of it a few minutes later in another state? And
1: you know how do you saying? get to that state? And how do you get to that state? How do investigators legally get to that state? Well, the answer is they have to get warrants to get it to that state. And in some cases, they inject. In some cases, uh, there's, there's touching that goes on. Is that what you found?
0: Well, there's touching there. There's an ask for Mm self-touching, but it turns out that that and any sort of injections to make the second state come around are not uh, approved by court. Courts don't like that.
1: Oh, so they threw out that stuff because of that. Right. Interesting. So
0: if you're going to take a picture, you just got to take a picture of whatever you got.
1: Well, in this case,
0: it's what you get.
1: I mean, there's never such thing as too much evidence, but hopefully they won't need that evidence in this case
0: gross but interesting all right one of those people using windows 10 and who isn't these days am i right if you're using windows 10 we have some tips on how to make your productivity skyrocket
1: also strange science because it's thursday how Mm -hmm. does that therapy dog feel about his
0: job Have you ever thought about
1: that and your anxiety or or how a a canine uh, officer dog feels? Well,
0: if Cesar Milan has taught me anything, dogs love to do what it is they're bred to do.
1: Well, we have all the answers and the science behind them coming up.
0: Excellent. Oh, and beer science, too. We're doing a beer story in our strange science today. Let's start with this whole Stormy Daniels thing.
1: Rudy Giuliani today goes on Fox and says that Trump... Reimbursing the lawyer for the hundred and thirty grand of hush money was just Trump being a good man.
3: Okay.
0: Now I get that. We'll play that for just a second. Last night was the big reveal on Hannity. Giuliani actually was talking about legal payments, and it seemed, based on the interview, that Hannity thought he was talking about the Hillary Clinton part of the Hillary Clinton email server story. And then Giuliani clarified.
4: Paying some perfectly legal that money was not campaign money sorry i'm giving you a fact now that you don't know it's not campaign money no campaign finance violation so they funneled it through the law firm
0: wait 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 if giuliani stopped right here right
4: here campaign finance violation no
0: campaign so if he stopped right there end of the issue Hannity, I think, said something and he probably should not have. And I think this is important to remember. What he meant was the president simply paid Michael Cohen because Michael Cohen was using the funds from the law firm to do something on behalf of the camp uh, on behalf of Donald Trump, on behalf of his client, without his client knowing. It's totally fine. But the word funneled, holy crap, can that not be a more loaded word in this situation? Here's the funny thing why don't they it. just say
1: laundered? Right.
4: So they funneled it through the law firm. Funnel through the law and the president repaid it. Uh, Giuliani should have pushed back. Oh, I didn't know. He did. Yeah. There's no campaign finance law. Zero.
0: Okay. Now, Giuliani doesn't get to decide whether he figured out, and it's up to the uh, Federal Elections Committee, Commission, to figure out whether or not there was a violation. And there's a How couple of questions How do you determine
1: that, ask. though? Funny question. I mean, you, those aren't marked bills.
0: No, you're right, but... It doesn't even have to be a direct correlation. Now, and the question came up right after Giuliani said that last night, there were questions that came up. Number one is, was that $130,000 payment made to Stormy Daniels? I mean, this was just literally weeks before the election. Or in 2016. was it
1: just simple hush money? I don't want my family's image to get tarnished well and that's Here's a pile of money and don't talk about what we did in that room that one time
0: that's the way giuliani clarified it today yeah because these questions came up one of the other one was was it funneled to use his words to use hannity's words and and giuliani's words was it funneled to hide the source of the original money funneled may have been a bad choice of words in that interview last yeah. night Uh, And then the other thing was, was any sort of campaign resource used in coming up with this deal? The answer to that one we know is yes, because Michael Cohen, although he was the president's personal attorney, used a campaign email address to finalize these payments. So that's a totally minor, but... It said it included a little bit of profit, a little margin for paying taxes for Michael. Also, absolutely fine. But the key question is whether the payment was meant to aid his candidacy. That would be the central question in whether or not it was a violation of campaign finance law.
1: His tweets on the matter were unusually succinct. Uh,
0: I don't even know if I would say succinct because they included a lot of Legally, well,
1: because it's not his. Well, I'm saying it's it, it's it's not his usual tone.
0: Yes,
2: somebody tweet, else wrote tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. So
1: usually he tweets things like fake news, sad exclamation part. You know, exclamation mark the whole bit. Here are the tweets with regard to this. Mr. Cohen, an attorney, received a monthly retainer not from the campaign and having nothing to do with the campaign, from which he entered into, through reimbursement, a private contract between two parties known as a non-disclosure agreement or NDA. These agreements are very common among celebrities and people of wealth. In this case, it is in full force and effect and will be used in arbitration for damages against Miss Clifford. I mean, a lawyer wrote this. Absolutely. The Absolutely. agreement was used to stop false and extortionist accusations made by her about an affair despite already having signed a detailed letter admitting that there was no affair. Prior to its violation by Ms. Clifford and her attorney, this was a private agreement. Money from the campaign or campaign contributions played no role in this transaction.
0: Now, those questions that came up after Giuliani made his statement made him come back to Fox this morning and clarify what was going on. We'll come back. I want to play for you just that that reaction to all of this. And even though people are losing their flipping minds, people aren't gonna care. We'll continue just a moment. Also your chance to win a thousand dollars coming up just like Denman and La Habra won a thousand bucks. That's not bad weekend money, right? Nope. Gary and Shannon will continue. Monica Ricks, what's the matter? You are right? You're answering your own question. I'm stroking out over here. You
1: guys take a break.
0: Take yes. a breather. You well, know what happens with that
1: is uh, a sauna.
0: Salt no. room? Can you read that, not going, uh, going in your sauna.
1: Why? How, you know, you could.
0: No. Okay.
5: Just turn the temperature up in there.
1: If only yesterday. right now at
2: $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to
0: 200-200. Gotta answer that phone. Might even be from a, the phone call. Might be from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win an hour from now. We've been giving away $1,000 an hour from 5 in the morning With a wake-up call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show, $1,000 an hour. So your next chance to win is one hour from now. We were talking about last night's uh, big revelation from Rudy Giuliani, who is now on the president's legal team, about the $130,000 payment that the personal attorney for the president, Michael Cohen, admitted paying to Stormy Daniels in the weeks before the 2016 election. And now, despite the fact the president said he knew nothing about it, we now know, according to Rudy Giuliani, that the president then repaid the hundred and thirty thousand dollars. He said that last night uh, in this interview that he did with uh, Sean Hannity. Paying
4: some Stormy Daniels woman one hundred thirty thousand—I mean, which is going to turn out to be perfectly legal.
0: Okay. Um, he was the questions I mentioned that came up right after he said that included things like, was the payment made in an attempt to? help the campaign, the Trump campaign at the time, because that can actually be, even if even if it was this guy's pocket change that he gave to Stormy Daniels, if it was done with helping the campaign in mind, that can potentially be a problem. That can be a loan to the campaign that was unreported, and then it's a campaign finance violation. The guy would never go to jail for something like that. He would probably get fined. But but that's it. I mean, but but it's still potentially a violation. Now, what the Giuliani camp realized last night was he didn't say enough in that Hannity interview to, to lay those things to rest. So he went back on Fox this morning and said this was a completely personal thing. That's why the president paid back the money that his personal lawyer had paid to Stormy Daniels. It was a nice spin. It was. But it was important <laughs> and necessary.
4: This was for personal reasons. This was the president had been hurt personally, not politically, personally so much. And, and, and the first lady by some of the false allegations, that one more false allegation, right. six years old. I think he was trying to help the family. And I, t- t- for that, the man is being treated like some kind of villain. And I think he was just being a good lawyer, so you- a good man.
1: He's been a good man by uh, paying off the uh, porn star that he had an affair with. And paying yeah. back his attorney. Oh, that's a spin if I've ever heard one. But you're right. He had to go up and clear his mess because the the language he used, whether it be funneled through the law firm or, or anything else, was so muddy and, and so open for for finger pointing yeah. that somebody got to Giuliani and said, All right, this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna play it. And You've his, gotta make the distinction between personal life and campaign life.
0: One of the things that he said also and I thought this was just an uh, an interesting exercise to think about. He said to Hannity last night, the timing of it even though it was close to the um, uh, was close to the election eventually was could you imagine if this had come out this allegation of the affair, the one-night stand I guess between Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump? Could you imagine if it came out on October 15, 2016? In the middle of that last debate with Hillary Clinton, and he's, it
1: would not have mattered. That's the thing. It, this candidate was Teflon. None of it mattered. I mean, well, is it, that is that worse? Him paying off a porn star after an affair is that worse than saying you can do whatever you want with women? You can grab them right in the in the crotch. I mean, is no. I mean he because he was absolutely right when he said he could walk down Park Avenue shoot people and still be elected right that's just the way the country was at that point in time there was no stopping this candidate and this would not have changed the election absolutely not part of it is because you kind of expect this tawdry kind of thing from a guy that has this much money you know they they, well, they s- and he's
0: and he's bragged about that kind of a lifestyle before sure. so it wasn't I mean it if it had come out like he, like Giuliani said today, if it had come out in the middle of that last debate with Hillary Clinton, people would have shrugged their shoulders.
1: Exactly, it would not have mattered at all.
0: And the irony, by the way, of Hillary Clinton bringing up an affair that would have been—I don't think—would have been lost. It wouldn't on have
1: been. It, you know, she would have taken a, a harder hit, probably.
0: There was one thing I noticed last night in the interview that I—the part that I saw—that I thought was most interesting, and it was a question about what if. If Giuliani was the one in charge of making the decision about whether or not Donald Trump sits down with Bob Mueller's team and gives an interview, what, were the, what would the parameters be? Now, to me, that's a clue that the people in the legal team are willing to talk about a sit-down interview. They are willing to do this because he didn't say, I would never allow it. I, that will never happen. I'm never going to – What he w- what he said was – Uh, I will never allow it to go longer than Hillary Clinton's interview. And so he said, whatever it is, two hours or two and a half hours or something like that, which to me indicated that there is still some talk. It's still alive that the president would sit down for a face to face. I wouldn't trust
1: Rudy Giuliani with my with my legal uh,
0: health. (laughs) Are you just because of his teeth or because Because of his bad decision making? It was
1: it was it was it poorly. was a, it was not a good judgment call. I mean, you should be very careful with your language. And he wasn't. And I wouldn't trust him with the decisions uh, about the special counsel. Now, did you see what the president did just hours after he uh, talked about paying off the porn star on Twitter? <laughs> he says he's creating a new faith initiative at the White House on this national day of prayer.
0: See, Nick, it is national day. of. Prayer. It
1: is national day of prayer. Do you remember what the song is for the show today?
3: Sorry, say that again. Do you remember what uh, the, what the what song the, is? What today's tonight? song is? Oh
0: shoot! We were just singing it. Uh, sing unto the Lord. Sing a, a new, new song. song
6: unto
1: the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. When we come back, uh, the latest in, back. in the uh, Charlie Rose story. Because now there are twenty-seven other women going back decades who say that Charlie Charlie Rose just
5: give it up, harass them as
0: well. And the Holy Spirit. We, we do be, do and
1: Charlie Rose is in even more trouble in the Me Too days here. 27 more women have accused Charlie Rose of sexual harassment. CBS was alerted to his alleged behavior reportedly as early as 1986 and as recently as April 2017. Of course, he was fired from CBS and PBS last November, 76 years old, but we've got an additional 27 women. Uh, The new allegations date back to 1976 when Charlie Rose allegedly exposed his penis to a former research assistant and then allegedly groped her breasts while working at NBC News' Washington bureau. She says this other personality would come through and the groping would happen.
0: You mean like he would change his... Why are you looking at me? Well,
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: what do you mean? I want to know what's going on. <laughs>
1: it just that makes that, me concerned that uh, he's he's acting one way, you know, one half the time at work he's Charlie Rose, the Charlie right. Rose we all know. And then uh, some Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation happens, and he turns into a groping
0: monster. He becomes Chuck at that point. Um, Ten years later, a 22-year-old CBS News clerk, uh, Anne Marie Parr, reported to her boss some comments that Charlie Rose had made to her, including things like, "Anne Marie, do you like sex? Do you enjoy it? How often do you like to have sex? While he was filling in as an anchor uh, on CBS Morning News, she told a senior producer, she didn't name him, but she didn't want to be alone with uh, with Charlie Rose. And the senior producer said, fine, you don't have to be alone with him anymore, but basically laughed off the comments and didn't. I, I mean, made sure that she wasn't alone with him, but didn't do anything in terms of telling Charlie to keep it in his pants.
1: That same year, CBS was sued by seven women who say the workplace on the network's overnight broadcast, Nightwatch, was offensive and hostile to female workers.
0: Now, he happened to be, Charlie Rose was a co-anchor for that show, but not named specifically in the lawsuit.
1: This woman, one of the women who sued, uh, Beth Homan-Ross is her name, and she says that Rose frequently made sexual comments about her breasts and buttocks while she was working as his assistant producer. Her work required her to travel to Rose's home. She says sometimes he would open the door naked, holding a towel. And more than once, he invited her into his bathroom while he showered. This is Harvey Weinstein stuff.
0: It is. But but it means, because I don't think Charlie Rose and Harvey Weinstein were ever hanging out. I don't think they're palling around. It, it means, means that there is a, there's a belief that that's going to get a woman turned on.
1: Or that that's okay, uh... Do you think they're doing it because it's turning a woman on or they just don't want to bother putting on clothes and it's in terms of answering the door naked and then the showering thing Answering
0: the door naked? Mm-hmm. How many times in your life have you answered the door naked? Never. That was a that was a hesitation there.
1: I'm not on trial here.
0: That is true. <laughs> no, you I know. I take I
1: I have not answered the door naked. Okay. Have you answered the door naked?
0: No, I've answered the door oh. with a towel on. Mm. But more because I was caught either getting into or the shower or just getting Who out of the shower. was on the
1: other side of the door? I don't
0: remember. Nobody important. Oh, but here's nobody important. What I mean is there's not like I was expecting somebody. It's not like uh I invited uh a couple of friends over and then timed it perfectly so that I was ch ju- oh this old thing I was just getting out of the shower how
1: is this a thing for you? you've done this repeatedly you've answered the door in a towel no oh. I'm just
0: I'm not repeat- once maybe once maybe, or twice maybe
1: three or four times oh. you just don't recall, do
0: you? But it would, but it was an uncomfortable thing. Was it? it? Was, oh, yes, okay. for both of us. I would assume. I would imagine that if you're, you know, Hawkin magazines or something like that, and some schlub comes to the door in a towel, right? You're like, well, second thought, I'm going to go next door. And I, in the meantime, think, thank God, I don't have to sit here and tell you no 50 times. Here's
1: my thought. I've had the doorbell ring a couple times when I'm, like, getting out of the shower or something. You just let it go. Yeah, you let it go. I'm not going to the door in a towel. But here's the thing with the shower. I think the shower is, well, if she watches me shower... And she's okay with that.
3: Wait, are you Charlie
1: maybe, Rose in this? Then, yeah, then okay. maybe a next natural step would be some sexual
0: contact. That's what I mean. I mean, that, that he believes that that's part of the game. Harvey Weinstein believed it was part of the game for a long time. And the unfortunate part is it worked some of those times. Not necessarily that the women were like, oh, hot and bothered because uh, this big mayonnaise goo of a person was in the shower Getting all gross and
1: damp. Can we not gross
0: and use damp. the
1: word mayonnaise when we're talking about these stories?
0: The, the, I, I can't imagine that any one of them was so turned on that she just couldn't keep her hands out of his goo. But there Can were we times... really
1: not also use
0: the word goo? I'm trying to find words that would perfectly describe the guy. And I think I nailed a couple of those. But for him, for Harvey Weinstein specifically... It did at times lead to sex. Other times it led to a sexual assault. Yeah.
4: So, it worked
0: at least once. Right. And that's the thing is he just keeps going back to it. He believes that that's the way to do it. So Charlie Rose, I don't know if he took a page from the same book or or if this was just an uncomfortable, I don't know, open the door naked, hold. Uh, and that's the thing. Well, it, open the door naked, holding the towel. That's a clue as well.
1: It's also like a level of intimacy. You know, if you ever lived with roommates or whatever, the chances uh, one of you is in the shower while another one of you is, like, doing makeup or whatever guys do, uh, shaving or something, That's that happens, right? It's a level of intimacy when you're uh, friends or whatever that somebody be- would be in the shower.
0: No, I don't recall that. Oh, no? I mean, I don't, rem- I don't recall anybody, like, hanging out in the bathroom while I was taking a shower. They would be like... A knock. Somebody would walk in. I got to grab something real quick and then grab it and go as opposed to like jumping up on the counter and talking about your day. Because, I mean, the
1: producer host relationship can be quite uh, intimate or familiar. Right. Right, You've seen Handel in his underwear because that's just what happens sometimes because you were doing live shows or whatever.
0: OK. Uh, well, uh, back when uh, when some guy named Oscar was our producer uh, and we were in New Jersey, I saw him with his shirt off. Does OK, that count? exactly. Because we went swimming. Exactly. It was one hundred and four degrees. Right. And I assume that at some point, producer Nick may drop trowel in front of us.
1: No, 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 no. What? That's not. Gonna I'm happen.
0: just saying it would <laughs> I, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility some event or something.
1: Right, now management's in there. Oh. We got management in here now. (laughs) We got to stop talking about all the people that have taken their clothes off around here is what I'm getting from management being in the other room. (laughs) Let's move on. Shall we? Fewer people are going to Vegas. Why? Maybe it's that $30 a night resort fee that's a bunch of baloney.
0: I think Vegas is really struggling right now. Sorry, this message brought to you by the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh.
1: We should do a show there to drum up support.
0: We should drive an RV. And-
1: we should take our show RV yeah. to Vegas yes. and do a show from there. Totally fine. Only if the
5: RV has AC because then otherwise everybody's going to get naked and then you're going to have another issue.
0: Mm, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: No one's getting naked on this show.
0: Gary and Shannon <laughs> will continue in just a moment.
6: I'm-
1: And Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Hey, an exciting show to tell you about tomorrow. We are going to be talking about the Golden State Killer's appearance in court today, about uh, what was green-lighted when it comes to evidence collecting, uh, DNA, pictures, the whole bit. But tomorrow at 10 o'clock, we're going to be talking to former Sacramento Sheriff John McGinnis. Uh, So stay tuned for that. He was very um, involved in the investigation, of course, and got a lot of questions for him about how this is going to play out in the courts.
0: The uh, officials in Las Vegas released yesterday some of the body camera footage from the shooting back in uh, October, the beginning of October. it was about an hour after Stephen Paddock had opened fire on the Route 91 Harvest Festival. Fifty-eight people were killed. Hundreds more were injured in this uh, complete apple. Stood in his suite or laid down in his suite in the uh, Mandalay Bay and was just picking people off. And these body camera videos, basically, it's not it's not a whole lot. I mean, it's two hours and 42 minutes of f- footage, but it is really our first peek into what was going on specifically Outside the room, the night that this was going on, and they show the the footage shows a few things. Number one, people are addicted to gambling in Vegas. I mean, cops are run. I would, I don't know how you would react to this if you are on the floor gambling, you are playing some you know blackjack or something like that, three three card poker, yeah, and you see dozens of fully armed police officers running through the floor of the casino to get to the hotel, screaming. That there is a shooter, there's a shooter, he's shot and killed multiple people already, and everybody's just like, I don't know if I've got a 14 and the dealer's showing a three. Should I hit that or should I stay? I mean, I've Gotta got 20 bucks on flush. this man. Gotta get that royal What do flush. I do? What's going on? Nobody's reacting the way you would expect, or I would expect myself to react, which is, honey, it's time to go. Yeah. Um, but they work their way up to the 32nd floor, and as they approach this guy's suite from the stairwell... You hear one of the officers yell, breach, Uh, fire alarm begins to sound, and you see one of the officers go in. The first officer in did not turn on his body camera, Uh, but there are other officers that follow him in, and you could see around the room, you see the curtain sort of blowing in the wind. You
1: see the shooter lying in a pool of his own blood. Yeah. The rifle's all over the place. One officer pulls a high-powered rifle from a window ledge. The other officers are discovering just an arsenal of weapons, uh, the cameras and the pee poles, a homemade gas mask, a venting system, a vibrator. What?
0: You making that up?
1: Is that no? Is that some sort of. Uh, um, gun term that I don't know <laughs> about.
0: If it is, it's what I've never heard of. OK, I'm assuming that that's just the old fashioned uh, thing that.
1: Well, it looks like... I mean, it, he
0: was there for a long time.
1: It looks like there. What? I don't
0: know. One oh. of the questions that we had after that I have that a lot was, of questions. Well, I was in Vegas for the first time since this happened just a couple of weekends ago. And to drive from the airport to the hotel I was going to, I drove right past the area where everyone was shot and killed. Yeah. little eerie. I oh, mean, yeah. it's a little eerie um, in terms of knowing what it was that happened. But you see the Mandalay Bay up in the distance with its you know, sort of telltale golden windows that have all been repaired, obviously. But it was a question of whether or not Vegas was going to be able to return to its economic health after the threat of an attack like this.
1: Well, you know, there's the school of thought of that's not going to happen again. Certainly not going to happen again. Sure. Uh, but it's been a 10 month decline and uh, it. I got to believe that because of what you saw in the video with the people still gambling, despite the fully armed cops and riot gear running through, people are going to go to Vegas just despite what happened, the tragedy. Because because you know what? It's gambling and people love to gamble. But I think people are going to be going to the Morongos and San Manuel's and Paula's more because you don't have to pay to park. You don't have to to pay forty five dollars a day for a resort fee. They have they're offering just as much as Vegas is offering, um, and, and it's more convenient, frankly. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and and you know you go to Vegas. I go to downtown Vegas uh, a couple times a year, and downtown Vegas you can walk from casino to casino. You can find the five dollar tables. There are some hotels that don't charge that thirty dollar resort fee or whatever. Um. But if you're going to stay on the Strip, you're going to pay 50 bucks a night to park. You're going to pay 50 bucks, another $100 gotta, a night on top of your room. You're paying to give your money away. you
0: got to buy a monorail pass to get around if you want to. And then however many cars it takes, you're going to Uber or lift your way from one casino to the That's other the thing, because you they're spread out.
1: That's thing. You can't walk. Out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hassle.
0: I think that there are things that have got to give. I think the, you know, $45 a day for a hotel fee just so you can use Wi-Fi and the pool.
1: Yeah, that's crap. And you know, some of those hotels are not resorts.
0: No, no, I stayed. I stayed at the Westgate, not a resort.
1: I never even heard of the Westgate.
0: Gary and Shannon will continue. Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast, is going to join us to talk about prom night. Are all those uh, things that you worry about your kids doing on prom night? Do they really come true? Sometimes. Someone has a story.
1: 80s prom music right here a little bit Molly Ringwald
0: do you remember your prom uh theme
1: no That's yours theme. was like Enchantment Under the Sea
0: oh no that was actually Back to the Future mine was oh. Stamp <laughs> I'm, I'm
7: mad that I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And then
0: you, and then you got to crush it with it. Yeah. Actually, that was Back to the Future. Yeah. But nice try. Did
7: you even know you were saying yes. that? Oh, yeah, I'm it. a victim of a bit.
0: Uh, Justin <laughs> Warsham has joined us. He is the host of The Dad Podcast. You can check it out at thedadpodcast.com. Um, mine was Stand By Me.
1: Aww. Because the movie, the come movie
0: had come out a couple of years earlier. And you want to hang it out with all your bros. Still a big deal. It was still fun. Go hang
1: out by the railroad tracks. Yeah.
0: Looking for dead bodies, yeah. stuff like that. You know, just prom night stuff. And Kiefer Sutherland who was at my prom. So really? No.
7: Oh. Why would you? well you both are so gullible? I know. I, I, I me more than her. Yeah. I, Did I ever tell you
1: my Kiefer Suther, uh, Sutherland story?
7: At prom? Possibly.
1: About how uh, when I first moved in with my now husband, um, I had a dream about Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. And I said, "This is so weird. I had a dream about Kiefer Sutherland last night." And he says to me, well, he used to live in this apartment.
0: Not nuts. Good prom story too. Though.
7: You know, it's funny. Just giving the gullible tone of this how this segment is starting. Yeah. What if Craig just lied? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh,
7: he he, he saw <laughs> how gullible you were. I didn't mean to crap on your phone story forever, but
2: uh, wow. Uh, Craig, I never send us even
7: a tweet if he's listening. That. Send us a tweet. Call in and let us know. I go, yeah, total lie. Just, uh, prom is
0: not what it used to be. Prom, no, prom is a thing. I mean, I remember my prom. I my best friend in high school went to a different high school. He was across town at the other high school. But our proms were on the same night. So
1: you guys couldn't go together? No,
0: no. We did go together. We're like, he, he and his date came over to my house uh, for me and my date. And we all jumped in a limo and went to San Francisco for the prom. Two different places but the limo dropped us both off. We had our proms, get back in the limo, drive home, and ended up spending the night at his house. Who,
7: who, uh, who pays for the limo in uh, the in dudes situation? The so, but
0: But you did or your parents did? Oh, no, no. The dudes. We did. Really? Well, we both had jobs at the time. so Because my parents would be like, why do you need? I'll drive. Yeah. No. Today, parents <laughs> pay about
7: 56% of the prom expense while teens only kick down 44
0: I think what happened was I... I offered to pay for my son's tux the first time he went because he went. They have junior and you know juniors and seniors can go to the prom now. That's how it works at the high school, uh, at the, my kid's high school. So I paid for his tux the first year, but there's no such thing as limos now. At least not for the way they did mm-hmm. it. No, you meet at the gym at the high school. They do a literal promenade. Oh, I remember
7: like a walk, like a the, step the, and repeat. Yeah,
0: there's an amphitheater yeah. where they announce. The, who so and so and their date, or so and so and so and so and so and so who it's like are like a going coming together, out party, red carpet. They jump Cotillion. on the bus and they go, and that's it. But it's because they can put them in a gym accident. They can get they can get eyes on these these students to make sure that they haven't been drinking. It's all about liability. Girls can't take anything with them. No purses. You can have a phone. Wow. If you have a feminine product that you need Unless or might need. Uh-huh. You have to give it to a teacher and they will carry your feminine things.
1: Well, because now they they make flasks that look
7: like feminine things.
0: And what? I how so many questions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a you know, it's a way you can take a little booze into a stadium. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> You can them, them on Amazon. Not
0: while you're working the Side sideline royal no no no. no, 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 <laughs> okay. no, 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 no.
1: I've never done this. But that's how it's advertised. Not yeah.
7: It. You have a friend. I'm using mm. quotes. <laughs> that's crazy. It's like a fashionable Hooskow that the kids are going into. Well, I don't I don't know how many schools nationwide are doing this. What what I did learn from is that from my time when I was so I went I was in high school in the nineties. The big thing was like, so are you are gonna have sex? Like, what? you know. And there was, and, and I looked into this, and they think that it's just more something that was created from pop culture. That in the '60s, proms were uh, popular, right? And before, but in, going into the late '60s, proms felt like the man trying to tell you what to do. So right. kids were very <laughs> against it. Okay. And then in the '80s, all of a sudden they had this resurgence, and then they had the prom com movies that we've all seen, the Sixteen Candies, Molly Ringwald, all of that made it super popular. And then it be, became about like losing your virginity statistically today kids are having actually less sex students in the grades nine to twelve are at 48 six percent which is the lowest it's been since 1988
1: yeah see the pendulum swings the other way right. and you know they're not whoring like uh, gary's high school anymore <laughs> wait well that was the 80s right yeah.
8: just show a
7: hand so you don't have it to say it on the radio i prom. Oh, Show nine, nine. hands. Uh, how many people in the room and/or listening driving in your car? Just do it safely. Had sex on their uh, on their prom night. Wow! wow. I always wow. went to dances really? with friends. Oh, that's a good point. I
1: don't think I had one uh, romantic interest date in high school for a dance.
7: Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. Now, none of us raised our hands.
0: Not a single. No, <laughs>
1: it's like who has? I didn't look at it's Blake like and Nick though. Never mind, I won't ask. No, no you can no ask way. it
0: because I know exactly where you're going with this.
1: Uh, the night of your wedding. Right. That yes. Most cause... people don't do it anymore because right. you're exhausted.
0: Yeah. I was uh, I was too busy.
7: Here's my move. and yeah. it, I, I'm not necessarily proud of it because I'm I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law is listening with my wife right now in the car. She's visiting. You and... want me to turn it down? Yeah, I'll please. turn it down. Go ahead. Barbara, turn the car down. Uh, <laughs> or the stereo. <laughs> either one. Just turn it off. The, take the key, throw them out the window. Uh, no, no. <laughs> So my move was because I wasn't much of a dancer, right? And so, but I, I don't I wanted, believe that. I wanted to have – now I am. Now I dance like crazy because I don't care. I dance like no one is watching because they shouldn't be. It should be illegal for me to dance in public. But then I was still – I was an insecure kid, you know? And so anyway, my move was we would go to take the pictures so that my date would have photos for her family and for posterity, whatever you wanted – and then I would ask them. I go, we could go to the dance, or would you like to go out uh, and to a date or something like that? So the first prom, I took my date to uh, see Phantom of the Opera in San Francisco. And uh, she Are you wondered- serious?
1: Yeah. Was your date a man or a woman? How dare you? Just kidding.
7: It was both. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> we also had friends. Don't put uh, don't <laughs> put them in a box. Yes, we. I don't like my date didn't like to have gender stereotypes. Uh, no, uh, so we went, and we thought it was funny that we went to McDonald's, but that was always my move. I, and then after that, then I, I also had a tent, and we went to a lake and, you know, did whatever.
1: Can we just pull the car over really yeah, quick? What's Fishing? Phantom what's up? Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. It was in San tent? Francisco. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, mean, I
1: really went cabin. all out. I had like, the rage. He, you know, Justin, if you missed it, has told us that he was shopping for a wife from, like, kindergarten on. Like, Correct. he always was looking for a wife. And it really is next level dates. Like these are bachelor produced dates.
7: Yeah.
0: Well, and and did you ever take anybody to Peru?
7: Not yet, okay. Not yet, but thanks for raising the bar for me, buddy. Appreciate that. Now I, I Thanks hope for you're finding right that for limit on my Chase card. Really appreciate you, Gary. You're a good friend. Just not showing it here, but every other place, you're a good friend. Uh, but to get back, so and then the other prom for my wife. So we talk about how I. This is this is the woman I eventually married, and when this happened, I was in the friend zone. And I am not just saying this because my mother in law is listening. I would put myself out there. I got an executive suite villa at the Seascape Resort in Monterey because my wife loves the ocean. And for anybody who's not familiar, this is a resort... In Monterey, that's built into a cliffside. You're sire.
1: making a lot of men look really very bad.
7: No, because here's what happened. So I, we went and we took the pictures at the prom, and then we drove out to this, and it was like a townhouse that I paid like 360 bucks for one oh night. in. Oh my God, this is and insane. we got round table pizza and we went and got ice cream at the local grocery store, Justin, and nothing happened. You're I enough. Mean it, nothing happened. You don't
1: have to try that hard. You are enough.
7: No, I'm not. No, you're not married to me.
0: Uh, we you, should I, do I experiment. do think I do think we should ask Natalie if the, if he's enough. Oh, she'll call in. <laughs> yes, yeah, you get her on the phone. Right what are you going to ask?
1: Have you ever taken your wife to, to Monterey, Monterey yes. to the yep. to the executive no, suite?
0: No, not that.
7: Okay. It's not necessary. It was stupid. It's, see, again, you're saying that I'm like I'm being romantic, but there's an element of kind of douchiness where I'm like, look at all this money I have. I'm just I'm just throwing away three hundred sixty dollars at a townhouse for twelve <laughs> hours. I don't
2: care. <laughs> But let's go
7: get some sandwich, m- select Rocky yeah. Road.
0: Not to mention the <laughs> round table, round table pizza. All right,
1: roundtable's expensive. We're yeah,
0: talking. We go to Fan of the Opera
7: and then we sleep in a tent. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> We're talking about prom. Uh, Very poorly. I'm sorry. Sex I'll get it back Sex on prom on the rails. or alcohol on prom, whatever it is about prom. We're talking about prom with. Uh, Justin Warsham hosted the Dad Podcast. We also have a thousand dollars to give away in just a few minutes. Like, um, well, Brendan San Bernardino already won 000, oh, a thousand dollars, but you can be next huh? on our list.
1: I hate it when we have to take a break. When we come back, yes, I can right.
0: tell you about the real
7: concerns parents should be having in regards to prom. Ooh. And as we just talked about, sex is not even on
0: the radar.
1: I want to hear more about Justin's date.
7: Okay. Gary
0: and Shannon will continue in just a moment. It me, is me, meant to be for you to have a $1,000. Here's how you can win.
2: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200.
0: Got to answer that phone if they call because the winners will be notified by phone. If you don't answer, though, they'll give it to somebody else. Another chance to win a 1000 bucks an hour from now. Justin Warsham, host of The Dad Podcast, has joined us. We're talking about prom stuff. What is yeah. it you were saying that people need to be aware of? The real things, fear. Yeah. If, uh, if you missed it,
7: last segment we talked about kind of, you know, how sex is on a downswing, blah, blah, blah. But definitely check out the podcast because you learn things about my, my dates and, uh, and Shannon's life a little bit. So, <laughs> what? No. What
1: uh, <laughs> What happened? <laughs> <laughs>
7: Uh, And so check that out. Quick stats, though. Average house spends about $978 on prom, which weirdly enough is $978. That includes dinner, dresses,
1: transportation. That sounds uh, very much inflated from what we spent on prom.
0: Well... I would say this, I mean, because I mentioned That's that crazy. everything is done at my kids' prom. Like, they go to the school, from like the school, a on, a on a bus a to, yes. So the school
1: takes care of transportation, the food. the food. Not the food. Not the food. Not
0: the food. So you have to be at the school by 5.30 or whatever time they have. So we, for the last two years, when my son was at prom, I said, why don't you just invite people over to our house and we'll put out, like, Stonefire Grill or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we'll have food for you to eat and then we'll take pictures you guys go to the school, well parents will sit around and finish what you guys so, don't eat. The what, kids
1: real? have to be there at 5:30, but they don't have dinner there.
3: Right. Is that yeah. is that the common because I've growing up I in high school I had never heard of a single school that did that where you have to meet at the school because
0: my school didn't do that. I don't know how common it is right now. But I just know that our school does that. Uh, and I know others, other schools do it because when I've told the story on the air, people were saying that they had similar it right sounds, experiences.
7: It, it vibes with the what with what you're learning about, again, the overprotection. Well, and I mean, and the, self-contained.
3: the
1: reason it's that way is because back in our day, you know, we would uh, get in car wrecks and uh, all that sort of stuff. You we know, all met they, at a friend's
3: house and the party bus showed up there. And we, we just left. went from there. You know,
1: you know, it's like when Mad would come to your school with the wrecked car.
0: Right. And yes. say, that,
1: you know, this happened on prom night or whatever like that. I think a lot of schools now are taking, absorbing that liability and just having everyone meet at the
7: school. Well, when you, unless your kid is going to a school like Gary's, that's, that is what I'm learning is the conversation you should be having with your kids. The biggest concern is drinking uh, and driving way more. Sex is even on the table. In fact, uh, not to freak anybody out, but. The 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 stats are saying that most kids have already had sex by the time they get to the prom. Weirdly enough, statistically, kids are more likely to lose their virginity in early December. I don't know why, but that's the uh, under the football bleachers. I guess I don't know, but and and that they do have like there's there's talks with STDs and stuff like that. But overall, it's on the downswing. Teen sex is on the downswing, but what is on the upswing is drinking, and uh, and this is something that I thought was wildly crazy is that. Fifty-four percent of teens say they drink four or more alcoholic drinks prom night. More than half are binge drinking, underage binge drinking, which I, I don't know why. I mean, I didn't really drink on prom. We just kind of hung out, and I went out on dates, obviously. But that
0: was about... I, I think... I'm trying to think if I didn't really have a lot of opportunity to drink uh, prom night. I, I did. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Monica. Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, I ter- in terms of, you know... Com- Pictures were at my house. Yeah. So the day came over to my house, and then the limo came. The limo was dry because they knew that it was two 18-year-old kids who had rented out the limo.
7: I had a friend who a couple years ago, there, and I don't know if this is just a Southern California thing or if it's an affluence thing, but they did like a party house. Yeah, the that's friends what got we together had. and had a party yeah. house, and then afterwards they went to the party house, and yeah. that's where everybody was drinking. What you do
1: is you drop off your stuff earlier in the day at the house, got you know, it. and then yeah. it's somebody's parents are gone or something, and that's the designated house where everyone goes.
7: It's only a third, but a third of alcohol-related teen traffic fatalities happen between April April and June, which is uh, peak prom season. Sure, eighty four. I said that part right. That 84 percent of teens say that they would drive home after drinking if they thought they would get in trouble for calling their parents. Twenty two percent would ride home with someone who drank. Right. If and, they thought they were going
0: to get in and trouble. that's one of those things. I, I mean, it's one thing for me to say to my kids, which I've said multiple times over the, you know, since my son turned, I don't know, fourteen or fifteen. That he could call at any point, yeah. at any time of night, no no punishment at all if I'm there to pick you up because either he had been drinking or the person that he went with and was responsible to drive home had been drinking. Right. I will give people rides home. I don't care what time. As long as you call me, I don't care. Yep. I mean, not that we wouldn't have a conversation the next day, but that there wouldn't be a punishment involved. And I, I've said that over and over again, but saying it is different. Than them believing it in the moment. Right. You
7: know? My my dad's message was, if he goes, I understand you're going to be curious. I understand you're going to want to try this stuff. He said this about uh, weed and alcohol. He goes, here's the thing. If you want to try it, he goes, I'm more than happy. We could sit here at the dining room table. You tell me what you want, we'll figure it out, and we'll make it happen. And you could try it if you just want to satiate that curiosity. But I would much rather you do it. If you ever come home and you're drunk, I will end you. But if you call me, I'm not going to be happy, but it'll be much better for you. Right. Fifty-one percent of parents what are against. What do you tell the
1: boys now, your kids?
7: My kids. Yeah. I say drink. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it, school is stressful now. Right. Our kids are dealing with so many more intense problems than what we. I mean, social media. I mean, alone. what are we dealing
1: with? They're seven and nine now. Yes. Yeah.
7: I mean, he's not. He's six, but he'll be seven. He's next a. Month. He's an old six. Yes. Oh, you know what I mean. He's an old soul, as I said. Yes, say. sir. That's why he likes a single malt. He doesn't like a blended.
1: Jack does not mess around. No. How much does he drink? Not much.
7: Yeah, but enough. Uh, 51% of parents are against drinking at post-prom parties, while 20% are fine if it is chaperoned. Your kids are 80% less likely to drink if you have a staunch, no underage drinking policy in your house. Hope that helps.
1: Just so you know, the last time you played that, I got the wrath of Petros. So this time, you're going to get it. I'm directing him to Do they your
0: Is that like their Do they drop like something? Their drop. totally the Petros and Money drop. Yeah. That I and he
1: he got oddly territorial about it the last time, um, and I'm not going to deal with that rage right. again.
0: Petrus and I are
7: real boys, so
1: right. That Disney gang thing. Yes.
7: Do you want me to take some outcuts of him from his commercials and give them to you?
1: <laughs> yes.
7: Because I make those here. That's, That's always a that. yes. <laughs> Petros
9: Papadapabou. The dickus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Justin Warsham hosted The Dad home. Podcast. You can check it out at thedadpodcast.com. Thank you so much. Did you just
1: say you want to go home? That
7: was my favorite John Cobalt uh, drop oh, that I had for the handle okay. show. Hosted no. by Petros. You know Petros? Petros Papakakas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to go That's home. Uh, more on the uh, Golden State Killer. G- there was actually a court hearing this morning. We'll explain what the uh, what the judge decided about some evidence stuff going up.
1: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty. Oh my my my.
0: Gary and Shannon, follow us on social media at Gary and Shannon. Um, I wanted to reiterate some of the things that we talked about earlier we will revisit. Um, hey, uh, Nick, just so we're uh, – make sure we roll on what's going on in the White House. They're doing their press briefing It's right rolling now. right now. Excellent. Smartest man in the room. Um, Rudy- That's
1: a hard job for Sarah Huckabee Sanders to yes. uh, talk about the president reversing course on whether he knew about the Stormy, Daniel, uh, Stormy Daniels hush money.
0: Yeah, especially considering she's opening her comments today uh, referring to the National Day of Prayer and also the...
1: Nine members of the Puerto Rico National Guard who died in that crash.
0: Yeah, so to get into goofy, tasteless things like paying hush money to a porn star, that's going to be an awkward transition. Anyway, but the, the president's newest legal team member, Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor, did say that the president did pay back Michael Cohen the $130,000. So there's some discrepancy there about what he knew and when he knew it, etc. Rudy
1: Giuliani making the mistake, by the way, of saying that the money was funneled through the law firm, that it wasn't campaign money because it was funneled through the law firm. So he had to do a do-over pretty much this morning going on Fox and saying, no, no, no. This is a personal situation. It was a personal matter. It was personal money. It, very key words to steer clear of any campaign finance violation.
0: Just also found out here in Hollywood uh, Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski have been kicked out of the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences. Oh, well, thank
1: God I was waiting for that ship to fall. Can I ask and I, you? I, just, I was losing sleep at night wondering what the Academy was going to do when it comes to Roman Polanski and Bill well, Cosby.
0: What the hell were they waiting for I on don't Roman Polanski? Know.
1: I don't know. Hollywood is so weird over Roman Plansky. He's still like this sick kind of god in their eyes because of his work.
0: Anyway, that just came out. All right. Um, Golden State Killer
1: was in court today again where a judge ruled that the suspect cannot refuse to provide additional DNA samples, fingerprints, photographs of his body. Now, this may be key because if they get the DNA from him now, it may may prevent more arguments over how they got the DNA initially. You're going to have some legal argument uh, about that, about using this public database to get a familial DNA hit. It it won't be successful legally, but you're going to hear some talk about that. Well, now they can do their own DNA mining, and this includes potentially... Pictures of the genitals, because women that he attacked years ago were able to provide specific details in that department about his uh, penis being smaller than average,
0: yeah, and there was um John McGinnis, who was the uh, the sheriff up in Sacramento county. We actually have a plan to have him on tomorrow to talk more about this case, said that he remembers hearing clues like that being broadcast from law enforcement. Before he became, uh, before he joined the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department, but he said he's. It's not clear if that was true. Like that was a real thing that that some of the victims had told the de- detectives, or it was just a way to flush out the suspect. It wasn't very clear. But but well, that it was
1: certainly a... it was certainly in Michelle McNamara's book as words that came straight from the victims. Right.
0: So it's definitely an investigative tool, or in the pun, and pictures of it would be important in terms of identifying this guy remember he struck at night he usually uh, or often wore a mask he had the the flashlight blaring into someone's face so that they couldn't see who was behind it so that as gross and weird as it might be might be the way to identify this guy not Not that they would necessarily need need it, it,
1: but there is no such thing as too much evidence, right? Things fall through. You want to have as much evidence as possible. But I don't know how they're going to get him to the state you would need him to get to to prove that it was or is uh, the size that it was reported to be.
0: Very safe of you and a very careful choice of words there. Um, the issue also is whether or not this is an invasion of privacy or violates uh, some you know, protection that is granted to people who are, as we know in our justice system, innocent until proven guilty. But the DAs uh, who wrote this said in this case, getting something like major case prints or DNA sample doesn't require him to speak. It doesn't require him to say anything. Taking photographs of his genitalia doesn't require him to share his thoughts or beliefs with law enforcement. So none of that, they're arguing, would be self-incriminating. It's just a factual thing about who he is. So
1: did you hear about the chief of the Auburn Police Department? Remember, D'Angelo used to work for the Auburn Police Department, was fired in 1979 Um, Right before he actually moved down here to rape and kill people, uh, Santa Barbara, Ventura, Orange County areas. Well, the, the chief of the Auburn Police Department says that he went to his house, the killer went to the chief's house one night to kill him. That he walked around the house looking in the windows but couldn't find the chief's bedroom.
9: That's terrifying.
1: The chief says, I never saw him as a person who could, you know, kill somebody. He says, a short time after he had been fired, I woke up one morning. My four-year-old daughter was laying alongside the bed. She said, Dad, last night there was someone looking in my bedroom window with a flashlight. Willick says, this is the chief, says he feels guilt and embarrassment over the fact that a suspected serial killer was right under his nose and he slipped away.
0: Yeah, but he was there to kill him. The
1: That's... former police chief says that uh, years ago, D'Angelo once gave him a tour of his own home, explaining that he and his wife slept in separate bedrooms. And the chief wonders if that arrangement allowed him to slip out at night to do his raping and killing. Of course it did. Yeah, but you know, the wife had to have known something was up. You can't slip out of the home undetected as much as he must have had to. I mean, we're talking dozens of times, 20, 30 rapes within a matter of a couple years.
0: And those are just the times that he actually victimized somebody. What about the times that he was out just casing the houses? Yep. Um, One of the weird things about this case, I mean, just to go back to the the hearing today, was that the law, uh, the judge apparently is going to allow photographs of this guy, including of his genitalia. There was a story we did not too long ago um, that we all covered here on KFI about a teenage suspect who was being asked to manipulate his own Mm -hmm. person to get to that specific state and then to take pictures of it. And it is a fascinating case. I want to revisit that and tell you a little bit about what was going on because it's just – it's the weirdest – it's the weirdest twist on something. I only remembered part of the case, but – when you hear the whole thing, it's going to blow your mind.
1: Also, briefly, we've got some Zodiac killer news to tell you about. When we return,
0: Gary and Shannon will continue.
6: Gary and I
1: got Shannon. I got no rules,
0: I count them. Oh no, it's okay. Just come in anytime you want, Nick. Do you work here?
1: I don't like it when you yell at Nick.
0: He came up with a funny line that we can't share with you until right. next hour. But
1: are we sharing? Very that? clever. Well, one of them, yes. Oh, not the this one, not that one. No, not this one. Okay, that one, <laughs> that one.
0: He came All up right. with two very clever things. One of them we can never say, and the other one we can. So, um, but we're talking about the. Uh, The evidence ruling in the Golden State Killer case. But
1: really quickly, I just wanted to mention this. Oh, the Zodiac. Yeah, Vallejo Police have submitted evidence to a private DNA lab. They're trying to get a genetic profile of the Zodiac Killer, trying to track him down using the same kind of family tree tracing that they used to get the Golden State Killer. Uh, Vallejo Police Detective Terry Poisner has worked the Zodiac case for four years. Yeah, I know. It was 1968, 1969 that these crimes happened. Uh, five murders, seven attacks. Um, they're still active detectives working on this case.
0: Yeah. So the ruling today um, in Sacramento was that there would be evidence collected from the suspect in the case, in the Golden State Killer case, including photographs. Now it raised the question about what state the person's genitals have to be in in the photograph to be considered accurate in terms of the evidence. Investigative tools, trying to, you know what I'm saying, right?
1: The women said that the penis was small, right? And to find that out,
0: would he have to be erect in the picture? Okay, okay. So it reminded me of a story that we talked about a while ago. Um. And it was a case from 2014 where a kid who was 17 at the time was charged with child with possessing child pornography after police said that he sent sexually explicit photos of himself to his 15 year old girlfriend. As part of this investigation, one of the cops got search warrants that allowed him to take pictures of the teenagers genitals to use as evidence. Now, the, the allegation was that uh, the timeline uh, was this. The cop ordered the teenager to pull down his pants in front of him and a couple of other officers inside a locker room at the county juvenile detention center and then ordered the teenager to manipulate his genitals to achieve an erection, which the teen was unable to do.
1: The court said you can't do that.
0: <laughs> yes, the court said you cannot do that. Here's another part about it. Um, The Court of Appeals for the 4th District said that the former detective with the Manassas City Police Department should have known that this search was unreasonable. The the teenager in the case, who's now, I think, uh, well, by now he's 21, 22 years old, uh, the charges against him were eventually dropped.
1: And he then turned around and
0: sued. Right. He he files a federal civil rights lawsuit against the cop and against the prosecutor asserting his constitutional right to privacy was violated. Let me throw this twist in there because you've got all of this going on, whether it's whether it's legal for a police officer to take pictures of genitals, to force you to do something to yourself, to take pictures of your then erect genitals Who you're doing it in front of, whether search warrants were obtained that would have required all of this stuff. Well,
1: I I think the problem, a couple problems exist right there on its face. Number one, this was a a minor we're talking about, a 17 year old. You make a 17 year old masturbate? What are you? Are you kidding me? How would you think that that would be okay? And number two, making somebody touch themselves. It's different in other cases when they've injected men with something to achieve that result.
0: Well, and that was another part of this case because the next day when this kid couldn't do what the officer was asking him to do, he got another search warrant that allowed him to take photos of the penis after the teenager was taken to a hospital to be given an uh, erection-producing injection. Now, the court ruled very clearly, and originally in this in this suit, the reasonable officer should have known or would have known that attempting to attain a photograph of, by ordering the child to masturbate would unlawfully invade the child's right to privacy under the Fourth Amendment. Uh, but there was another one. The appeals court actually threw out another part of this lawsuit. Again, this is the boy suing the police officer. The lawsuit alleged that the teen was himself a child porn victim, Because the cop was taking pictures of him while he was underage.
1: Well, the cop had some problems. The cop uh, was later accused of sexually abusing two other teen boys. And the cop went on to kill himself.
0: Yeah, so this lawsuit wasn't even technically against the police officer. It was against his estate. Because this was the third time that he had been accused of abusing teenage boys. So he shoots and kills himself when the Prince William County police show up at his house to arrest him. The, is that a that a normal reaction to uh, the police showing up to your door? I suppose if you may have some sort of uh, belief in your head that you were doing it, uh, that you finally got caught doing something that you shouldn't have been doing. But I remembered that case and just that it was the weirdest. That's just bizarre. The weirdest. thing.
1: It, it, it just seems like it was spur of the moment that this was a bad cop and he was just like, all right, so let's see, you know, you got to, you know, do whatever. And uh, it wasn't like a decision made by a team of investigators and prosecutors prosecutors of like, oh, we need this evidence. How are we going to get it? Oh, OK, here's an idea. And then people signed off on it yeah, because but, they had him do it when he was in juvenile hall.
0: Right. But he did it in front of that officer and two other officers in the locker room. So yeah. are there two other officers who were not s- smart enough to say uh, actually you know what let's I'm gonna run this by the judge or can we at least get a sergeant in here or to-? walk out of the room something something All right you can donate now to help the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared California. put this on the calendar Monday, October 1st, you and a guest will mingle tingle with no. the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Skyspace right smack downtown Los Angeles. know
1: what that means?
0: You enjoy cocktails and appetizers about a thousand feet above the city in the iconic U.S. Bank Tower. You can meet the whole KFI team. There's a live Q&A session. Basically, you ask anything of the hosts and we'll pretty much answer, uh, including throwing each other under the bus, photo opportunities, unlimited sky slide rides. And if your face hits the slide, it'll make the that squeak noise. If you look up Mingle... No,
1: actually, it doesn't. Oh, it it just bounces off. It's quiet? Yeah. Oh, no. So yeah. Weird. How do you yeah. know that? Because my head hit the slide. Oh,
0: yep. you're the one.
1: <laughs> hey, if you look up Mingle and Tingle uh, in Urban Dictionary, yeah. you'll realize what you're telling people.
0: OUE Skyspace LA is the premier destination for the panoramic 360-degree views of Los Angeles. A little kinky, one, but I like it. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. They have limited... Tickets, limited tickets. So get them before they're gone. Go ahead and put it on your calendar though when you donate. For more details, log on to urbandictionary. Nope. <laughs> don't don't look it up because you make it gross when you do that. Log on to KFIAM640.com and search the word mixer.
1: Monica, did you have any bruises from your slide mishap? No comment. Interesting. I bruise like a peach though. So
0: Oh, that's yeah. so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what?
5: <laughs> I, I, just thought, a, I did. At, no, I did. I did have some bruises on my arm, but
1: oh, it was no. my own fault. A morning with bruises.
0: You want Blake to uh, pull that as a drop? Yes. Okay.
1: Did you hear that, Blake? Yeah.
0: She bruises right. like a peach. Yeah. Gary and Shannon will continue a trending right after this. I bruise
2: like a peach, though.
0: Okay, we get it.
5: I'm just going to sit in here quietly for the rest of the show. <laughs> I bruise like a peach, though.
0: So that's not you saying that? <laughs> no, not, she's not speaking at all. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Gary and Janet, on this Thursday, May 3rd, bottom of the hour, we're going to get back into Swamp Watch, play a little bit of uh, what it was that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said today. She was in an odd position, odd position, like the sound that just came out of my throat. Odd position because she had to explain why it is she said one thing, but Rudy Giuliani said something else about the money that uh, Donald Trump was paying to Michael Cohen, apparently repaying Michael Cohen for the $130,000 in hush money that he sent to to, uh, Stormy Daniels. Just an odd, odd story. It almost sounds like Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump were the only two people who knew that he was going to go on Hannity last night yes, and say it.
1: I think that's exactly right. Because no one that, else. Nobody signed off on this, and nobody should have signed off on it.
0: Nobody else on that legal team is saying anything about this. Yeah. Uh, they had no no clue.
1: Hey, have you heard about the alligator invasion? We're going to talk about it coming up next. But yeah! But first.
2: Time for What's happening.
1: What's happening. How'd you like that, Omaha?
2: It's pretty good.
1: Well, a Puerto Rico Air National Guard plane was the plane that crashed in Savannah, Georgia, that C-130. It happens uh, just after takeoff. Nine people died. This was a plane that is a weather reconnaissance and cargo plane. And it had been in Savannah for maintenance, and it was headed to Arizona to be decommissioned.
0: This was literally supposed to be its last flight.
1: One of the oldest C-130s still flying, more than 60 Years old.
0: Well, that's I. When you say that, it's kind of a misnomer. I mean, this the the planes like the C one hundred and thirty and others that are old like this are not. It's not a sixty year old plane from top to bottom.
1: No, they've been. It's it's like um Dolly Parton. Parts of it are five years old.
0: Okay, you know yes, what I mean? That, no, I. I'm trying know to make exactly an analogy. What, I know exactly what you're saying, and I think it makes perfect sense.
1: Different parts are swapped out.
0: Exactly, so so even though the 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 core of this airplane may have been sixty years old, there are parts of it that are definitely sixty years old. I the love vast Dolly Parton. Of it been, by the
1: way, I know. I just want to get that out there, um, especially the Dolly Parton slot machines.
0: They said that this uh, this plane um, was one of two deployed by the one hundred fifty sixth Airlift Wing last September to help rescue more than a thousand people from the Caribbean during Hurricane Irma. Uh, A few days later, Hurricane Maria slammed into Puerto Rico and devastated much of the island, including part of this air wing itself. So uh, a horrible, horrible loss. And we told you yesterday that there was one of our listeners was actually in Savannah driving down the road when the plane crashed and sent us an email to describe what she saw. The other thing was, if you have not seen the surveillance video that captures this, that captures it's it's odd to look at because you you don't see airplanes behaving that way and uh, thankfully we don't have to watch airplane crashes but that was a strange thing to see
1: did you hear about the standoff in Connecticut a uh, bunch of officers were hurt in this standoff uh, this was in North Haven Connecticut an hours-long standoff and they're outside they're trying to coax the suspect out of his home he had taken his wife hostage When all of a sudden a barn on the property explodes, sparks a huge fire, Uh, nine officers had to be taken to the hospital with minor injuries.
0: If this was intentional, that's a strange way to commit suicide. I don't think suicide by explosion is a very common thing. Several officers were searching the area around the barn when it went off, so those nine officers were injured by flying debris, et cetera. um, But, again, the woman is safe and is okay.
1: Cheerleaders are in the news. Redskins cheerleaders. Is it because they're not getting paid enough? No, it's because they may have been pimped out on a special trip. It looks like this was a trip in Costa Rica, and they were uh, they were doing a photo shoot involving body paint, and apparently a number of suite uh, owners, or I guess the the people who buy the the, the suites at FedEx Field, were. All men, by the way, and were invited to the photo shoot as a special perk for the team.
0: Well, not to mention the fact that some of the 36 cheerleaders were told that they also had been chosen by some of those suite owners to be their escorts at a nightclub that night. Um, They were putting a gun. uh, They weren't one of the cheerleaders said they weren't putting a gun to our heads, but it was mandatory for us to go. We weren't asked. We were told. Other girls were devastated because we knew exactly what she was doing. She being the uh, choreographer and cheerleading director, Stephanie Jojokian, told them to go to their hotel rooms and get ready. Now, no one says that sex was involved, but they all said they felt like this arrangement amounted to them pimping them out.
1: Well, uh, some of the cheerleaders who were with the team in 2013 say the uh, events were exaggerated in this story. And the experience described in the story was not recognizable to them.
0: You ever traveled to another country and had someone take your passport? Yes. That was one of the events, though, or that was one of the, the things that they said about this, that the, the the choreographer, the whoever it was, the director of the cheerleading squad, took all of the passports of the women Yeah, and didn't give it back until they were ready to leave. That's weird.
1: Well, uh, the, keep them for safekeeping, um, I guess. So the, the girls, I don't know. I don't like that. I know. I don't like that either. You should always keep a copy, by the way, of your passport on you.
0: There is a uh, mystery pooper that we have uh, not so country. mysterious anymore. Turns out that a guy was rolling around the the football field and track at Holmdel High School in New Jersey. And t- Thomas Tramaglini... Turns out to have been the mysterious pooper because the track coach realized, "Hey, we're getting a pile of deuce out here every single day. It seems like a pile of deuce. So somebody, so somebody hooks up surveillance, a little camera out there, so they can see who's using the track and using it as a toilet every morning.
1: And who do you think it was? Was it uh, was it uh, one of the students? No, homeless guy. a, A prank? Was it a homeless guy? Was it a
0: homeless guy? Nope. Who was it? The
1: school superintendent." Or as Nick refers to him as.
0: What is the, the, the pooper attendant. Oh, my gosh. The
1: pooper intendant. You can keep that one. You want to talk about bad oysters briefly? No. <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> Do you have a story, Monica? Sounds yes, crazy. I can switch it though. You Tell guys talk about your oysters.
5: Oh,
0: she's got a. She meant, do you have a story about bad oysters? Like they've, it's happened to you. <laughs>
1: No,
5: thank oh, she God. Was just oh, okay. gonna,
0: she was just going to use it as part of the news tease there.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, you know what? No, no, gonna, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no I'm not doing no, it. No, no. You, you, do, no. you do you, no. No.
0: Shannon. All no. All she did was tease That's right. what oh. you're I teased say. your tease. How about that? <laughs> $1,000. We'll tell you how to win it when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Speaking of Canadian oysters.
1: <laughs> so why do you just make me
6: in the middle? In the middle?
0: Here is your chance to win $1,000.
2: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to
0: 200-200. Joyce in Artesia answered the phone even though it was from a number she didn't recognize and she won $1,000. Your next chance to win is one hour from now, and a chance to win a thousand dollars an hour all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show tonight. By the way, uh, just to follow up on the uh, nasty, nasty Canadian oysters, you're out of the you're out of the window now for your E. coli, right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, you're certain? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I just saw you digging into a whole new salad.
1: That's arugula. Oh, okay. It's, it's not arug- romaine. Okay,
0: all right. Just making sure.
1: Well, alligator sightings are pretty common if you live in the South, but not like this—a wave of alligator signings, sightings, not signings. They're not signing their autographs,
0: or signing with sign language,
1: or yeah, or you're they nice could do that. Their little arms, with their little.
0: <laughs> what
1: <laughs> I was doing this.
0: <laughs> Everybody but can see I, what you're doing, I know.
1: right? I know, but a wave of alligator sightings.
0: Sometimes the show is just for us. That's all. That's all. A wave wave of has been
1: felt over the past weekend. Several residents of Florida and Texas have been sent into a panic. Uh, These gators are stopping traffic. They're invading porches. They even approached a Target store over the weekend, and nothing bad happens at a Target. This all began April 28th when an aggressive 11-foot alligator made its way under the front porch of a home. This was at the Villages in uh, near Orlando. Mm. That's <laughs> an old folks community.
0: Is it? Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, they can't run that fast away.
5: They
0: can't get away. They,
1: have,
5: they all have golf carts. I'm not lying. I want to live there. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, but
0: alligators just got to take one chomp out of one of those golf cart uh, wheels. The I can't tires. wait
1: to get into a retirement community. Uh now, the minute that a person saw it the the it started to hiss,
0: yeah, they make a nasty noise,
1: do they, yeah, Monica, what does it
5: sound like? Oh no, I'm not no, I'm not giving you guys more material for you to cut up and
1: <laughs> no it's <laughs> it's just simply because you're from Florida. And I imagine that you would know what an alligator hiss sounds like. Yeah, it's just a hiss. They open their mouths and they
5: they hiss. They sort of stand still, they hiss, and you just try and back away or run away in a zigzag as fast as you can.
1: Luckily, the homeowner was out of town when the nearly 600-pound gator walked up to the house. Animal control workers were eventually able to tie the beast up and take it to an what's called a USDA approved alligator processing
3: facility I got a hiss queued up if you want to hear it
1: Oh yeah alligator hiss Yeah Oh no that's like a monster <laughs> I was thinking of like a rattlesnake like a s- <laughs> No no a no minute.
0: That is also a monster sound You've heard rattlesnakes like
1: w- It doesn't sound like that
0: I know but rattlesnakes will make you poop uh, your pants I'm just quickly a-
6: no, yeah, that like was that. that was Blake's Ugh.
0: mouth. That wasn't a rattlesnake. B- Blake, it's not get, a bad one though. Blake, no, it's good. A, just... Get me a
1: rattlesnake sound because I don't think it sounds like the alligator sound.
0: No, it's, uh, I'm not saying it sounds like the alligator sound. I'm saying either one of those would terrify yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what yeah. I mean.
1: Uh, the next day after the porch alligator sighting, an alligator in Jacksonville terrorized Target shoppers as it roamed the store parking lot. Do you imagine you just go to Target for, you know, a tape dispenser and plan on spending $200 anyway? Yeah. And there's a freaking alligator in the parking lot. Trappers quickly arrived to take the gator away from the crowd. One of them said it looked like it was three to four years old. Monica, how old do alligators live? I mean, what's the life expectancy?
5: Um, I don't know. Off the top Is of my head. Is a three
1: to four year old as big as a 10 year old?
5: No. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not sure. I mean, I've seen huge alligators, but it depends on on the breed too. I they kind can, of feel like you them. should know everything about. Gator. Well, it is mating season for alligators right now. Okay, so that uh, might be well, they're, why they're out. Yep. I
3: okay. got a pretty good rattlesnake hiss here. If you okay. To... Oh, oh, that was really creepy. That was a rattlesnake. Wait, that was the right
0: yeah
3: hiss. I'm watching a video of the rattlesnake just the and hiss, hissed. no rattle. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's almost strange. It is also described, though, as rattlesnake hissing like alien. So, play it again.
1: Yeah, that was chilling. Yeah.
0: By the way, the odds of being attacked by an alligator... That's funny because she's physically reacting She to reacts that. like she saw Voldemort's <laughs> face for the first time. Oh,
1: Don't I'd play that anymore,
0: the, please. The chance of being hurt by an unprovoked alligator is about one in 3.2 million, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. The odds of a child dying in an accident involving a balloon, <laughs> one in 30 million. Like a like a hot air balloon? J- a balloon. B-A-L-L-O-N.
3: Does, Does that include include balloon the children from it?
0: Oh, hmm. what God! balloon didn't <laughs> do, what do anything. What are, what are, what we, are we doing I here? I don't even know why you're what, saying things like that.
5: Although there are more alligator attacks in Florida. Yes. Yes. I mean, we heard about that little boy that got dragged and, and killed at Disney World. There's uh, yeah, that's people right. that get. We had bit a. All
1: the time. We had a gator here in Harbor City. Um, and really? that the gator was named Reggie, I believe. Oh, Reggie's at the LA Zoo now. Yeah. 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 I went to go visit him. He's doing great. <laughs> well, I covered it when they were trying I know, to find him. No, but not
0: a watch. naturally occurring gator, right? I mean, and was he a Reggie the alligator? Yeah. Okay. Making sure it wasn't a crocodile.
1: So do but you even, guys have
5: many gators here? No. That's we the have Reggie. Somebody
0: brings them in for, as a pet. Oh, okay. And, then, yeah, they, and, and then, then they go, too big. oh, that Gosh. happens
1: a lot in Florida,
5: too. I thought yeah.
0: this was a lizard. And they yeah. realize that mm-hmm. once it gets about four right. feet tall and can rip their arm off. I think that we just yeah. yeah. have the one to to the
1: alligator in the greater LA area.
5: No, yeah, it's the people, one that you know of. When, when they see baby gators, too, they take them home as pets and then keep them in their bathtubs.
0: Stupid people.
5: Yeah. Florida, Florida. man.
0: All right, a lot going on in Washington, D.C. today. So we'll jump into Swamp Watch. We have a bunch to cover with Rudy Giuliani's comments and then the White House trying to clean up the comments that were meant to try to clean up the mess with the Stormy Daniels stuff. All of that is coming up next. Gary and Shannon will continue.
10: Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp.
1: Well, all eyes—well, maybe not all eyes, but many eyes—on Sarah Huckabee Sanders today at the White House press briefing about timeline stuff, as the president had said he didn't know about the Stormy Daniels payoff, the 130 grand to keep hush-hush during campaign time. But
0: even though last night Rudy Giuliani said. Uh... Yeah, he did know about it, but that it was for personal reasons.
4: Paying some Stormy Daniels woman 130000 I mean, which is going to turn out to be perfectly legal. That money was not campaign money. Sorry, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. It's not campaign money. No campaign finance violation. So, so they, they funneled it through the law firm. Mm. Funneled through the law firm, and the president repaid it. Mm. Which the pro- oh, I didn't know. He did. Yeah. There's no campaign finance law. Zero.
1: You can't say that the money was funneled through the law firm. It makes it sound dirty as hell. <laughs> and whoever signed off on Rudy Giuliani going on that program. And I, th- I got to believe it's just the president.
0: Well, and the question comes up, even if it wasn't campaign money that did it, if it was done to help the campaign, that's a loan to the campaign that had to be reported that wasn't. So Giuliani today said it wasn't for campaign reasons. It was for personal reasons.
4: This was for personal reasons. This was the president had been hurt personally, not politically, personally so much. And, and, and the first lady by some of the false allegations, that one more false allegation, right. six years old. I think he was trying to help the family. And I, t- t- for that... The man is being treated like some kind of villain. And I think he was just being a good lawyer, Sir, and a you- good man.
1: Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about it today, and she said, the first awareness I had was during the interview last night. Oh, boy. The first awareness I had was during the interview last night.
0: Oh, that's awkward, that's, isn't it? That's the
1: White House being pissed off with Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> the president has denied and continues to deny the underlying claim and again, I've given the best information I had at the time.
0: That's the thing is this. She's the White House press secretary.
1: Here's the thing with this administration, though. They're not telling the 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 press secretary anything, really.
0: OK, but it's is a that, tough
1: spot to be in.
0: But is that a. Um, is that a choice that they're making or they're just not sure what it is they should be telling the press secretary? Both. Because when when Sean Spicer was here, he seemed to be willing to overlook that, remember? I mean, and I don't know if that's him trying to, you know, rewrite history or, you know, remake things so that it looks a little bit better. But th- he was talking, I remember him saying something along the lines of it's, uh, you know, these are not politicians that we're dealing with. So they weren't out to cover their butts all the time. So maybe they didn't tell me the things that I should have yeah. known at the time. This is, you know, they're putting Sarah Huckabee Sanders in that same exact spot, if that, in fact, is the case, where she says that this was the information, the very best information we have at the time. And that, that whole news conference, here's a frustrating thing for this administration. While all of this is going on, I mean, while people lost their minds collectively last night, and we heard heads explode because Rudy Giuliani went on Hannity and said, in fact that the president did reimburse Michael Cohen.
1: It made it sound, well, here's the thing. It made it sound like when he said that, that it was done at the same time, that Stormy Daniels was paid off and Trump turned around and reimbursed the firm, right? Which would be a problem for the president. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders today is saying, The president learned eventually that he had reimbursed the law firm right through the $30,000 a month retainer that he was paying. He realized that that money, some of that money went to go pay off Stormy Daniels,
0: which is the way it's supposed to work. And that's kind of what Giuliani was saying last night. As a good lawyer, this guy's going to take care of the I mean, he's on retainer, right? So he's going to be working on behalf of his client at sometimes without his client knowing answering phone calls, making statements, et cetera, et cetera, maybe coordinating with his client at times. But in the event of the Stormy Daniels thing, his argument is that he wanted to make sure that his client was taken care of, paid off this woman so that she wouldn't come out and uh, unveil this secret or tell the story about the one night stand. But what it, and that makes sense if, in fact, he's just paying him thirty-five grand a month, which sounds like a pretty nice deal to be the guy's lawyer and just be the fixer, just be the, the guy who cleans up the messes. But when you put it in a way that, that Giuliani just sloppily said it last night, it adds so much fuel to a fire that's been burning so brightly. Why would you do that? Why would you set yourself up for that? And I was going to say this, uh, the Giuliani promised that – there are three Americans being held in North Korea right now, and there may be some movement in getting those guys released on the, on the context of all of the discussions over a nuclear-free Korean peninsula. So the president, the White House, the foreign, uh, foreign affairs team that works with the president has something going very, very right in Korea right now. But all of that gets washed off to the side in a series of bumbling half witted interviews that Rudy Giuliani gives to Fox News.
1: And this question, why not just admit it months ago? Why did Cohen and why did they they act like, oh no, it was my own money that I paid her off. You know, why if, if there was no problem, if it was all of above board, then why not just come out with the truth back when he was first asked about it?
0: Because of this right here. Because this story that says that the feds had wiretapped Cohen a long time ago before they raided him. So what what they thought at the time, months ago, before they realized that Michael Cohen was under investigation, was that no one's ever going to look into that. Okay, No one's ever going to put that together. Then they realized that his phones have been tapped. Then they realized that the, that the offices had been raided. And all of these documents, even if they do, even if they are covered by attorney-client privilege... Point to something that is at least smells funny. Okay, well, I get
1: that. So now they have to come out and give their version and make it make sense and make all the math add up. But if it was all above board, I still don't understand why you don't just clear it up months ago. Just say, yeah, it it was the retainer money and I went to pay her off and nothing to see here, folks.
0: Uh, I don't know. It just, but it's proof that this... This administration, at least the legal teams, as jumbled and uh, quickly overturning as they are, are having a hard time getting out in front of stories. Rudy Giuliani did not look good last night.
1: He, didn't, he did not sound good, and he didn't look good. And uh, I think that the, the president, whoever is in his tight legal circle these days, was not
0: pleased. The other thing about that interview that he gave last night and also uh, kind of doubled down on it this morning when he went back to the Fox studios to give another interview was he was asked by Hannity last night and by the the hosts this morning what sort of guidelines he would have if, in fact, the president was to sit down for an interview with Bob Mueller. And instead of saying something along the lines of, I would never allow my client to sit down for an interview, he said, uh, you know, I got some guidelines, things like um, – you know, certain things would be off limits, but also would only be a two and a half hour limit. And I would make sure that the moment that clock struck two and a half hours, we're up and out of that room, which makes me believe they're continuing to negotiate to actually get the president in front of investigators with the special counsel's office. That would be an there would be quite a development.
1: Did you hear what's going on with Scott Walker in Wisconsin? He's sending uh, thousands of families uh, an election year check. He calls it uh, some sort of uh, child credit kind of thing, uh, one-time tax payout. Democrats are calling it bribery uh, in an election year, tough re-election bid.
0: I'll tell you about it when we come back. Oh, this back. extra money? I don't know yeah. what to do with it. What do you guys want to do with it? <sighs> Gary and Channel will continue uh, Swamp Watch right after this. Do you turn
6: it up? Do you sing along? every time you hear that song like a
3: did win. Do you close your eyes? Does it make you laugh? Do the memories take you back? You're six packs in a
0: Chevy Shyin' way back when I was Jack and you were dying. Gary and Shannon. Yeah. Tiny little sport information. Yes. Before we get back to Swamp One. Yes. Yeah, we were. Ichiro has up, retired from baseball. Old.
1: How old is he?
0: 43? Wow. 44? Ichiro um, is out. He's been playing for the Mariners again, and he is going to uh, <laughs> join their... What?
1: I was just looking at your search history there.
0: Oh, the old picture? The Dysentery. Dysentery.
1: <laughs> we screwed up. <laughs>
0: Dysentery sounds so much.
1: <laughs> it does so much more. Uh... So
0: much better. <laughs> um, yeah, Ichiro's forty-five or will be forty-five. Born in nineteen seventy-three, but he has decided to uh, to quit the baseball. He's going to be working for the Mariners front office now. His birthday oh, he comes was a up lot of
1: fun October, to watch. So
0: he was amazing to watch. He was my kid's first huge baseball star. When uh, when my son back when he liked baseball. But
1: your son never really liked. It, I was just going to say. You
0: know what? Is that what we're going to do is we're going to talk about stuff like that. I thought it was.
1: Thought was a safe space. That must be tough though. You
0: don't even know how <laughs> like, tough. You like you like have a little
1: boy and you're gonna, like you're thinking about all the baseball moments you're going to share together, how you're going to like geek out over, you know, the intricacies of the rule book.
0: Oh, did I show you the paper cut? Cuz I see that you have some lemon over there and you could squeeze that in there. Um Tell me more about Scott Walker. Scott
1: Walker. in Wisconsin. I was trying to talk my way out of that, and it wasn't going to happen, was it? Well, uh, Scott Walker is giving money away, basically. Uh, Starting in a couple weeks, May 15th, parents in Wisconsin can log on to a state-run website, answer a few questions, and get checks worth $100 per child. Now, Scott Walker drove this train. Uh, One-time tax payout. He drove it into law. And it's, according to him, a chance to turn a state budget surplus into a bonus for parents who could use extra cash. But the wonks of the Tax Policy Center and Tax Foundation say, we've never heard anything like this. This is nuts. I've never seen anything like this before. And uh, Walker's saying, well, a couple hundred dollars more in a family budget could really make a, a big difference. Now, critics are saying this is just a complete publicity stunt and... He is vulnerable in his seat now. Democrats are getting some political momentum, and he is simply bribing the voters, saying, literally, I'm Scott Walker running for reelection. Here, have some money.
0: I don't understand what the question part of it is, though. They have to go to a website, and they have to fill out a questionnaire or answer questions before they.
1: I'm not sure what the questions are. Maybe just when was your kid born or I I don't know. Um, But that is that is whoever's behind that for him is clever and deserves (laughs) a spot at the table.
0: That same legislation also created this back to school sales tax holiday, which I think is an interesting, uh, an interesting idea. Nobody in California would ever do it, of course. But in the um, in the there are five first five days of August in Wisconsin, they will waive the five percent sales tax the last time we had five percent five percent sales tax in california they'll waive the five percent sales tax for for the first five days of august so that kids can purchase school supplies clothing and computers or parents of kids but you know what i mean um which is a great tax i mean that's a fantastic idea isn't it if you're going to try to you know stoke the fire a little bit of your economy why not give them a little sales tax break for a day
1: so here's what i'm working out in my head. He's only eighteen years old. You know, he's had a lot going on with high school and now college and there's still time to get into baseball. There's still time to to really develop that love of the game. It's it's still a possibility. I feel strongly about it. Are you making him cry in there?
0: No. Hmm. No. No tears.
1: Hey, you know what? We're having a party.
0: Right, all my tears.
1: We are having a party, and it's all about the Red Cross, the American Red Cross, and the initiative to get prepared California. Monday, October 1st is when the bash is happening. You and a guest will mix and mingle with the KFI crew, an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in Los Angeles cocktails appetizers this place is incredible it's a you know nearly a thousand feet above the city in that iconic u.s bank tower you meet the team we do live q a like you've said there's really no question that's off the table these guys answer everything photo opportunities unlimited sky slide rides sky slide rides the one that monica fell down <laughs> last week there's and, photo evidence and got bruises mm-hmm. how, how can we see the photos
5: uh well the photo i posted is on my twitter page okay, i pinned it so it's right the, at the top what's the handle at monica ricks okay that's easy r-i-x yep um yeah the guy told me i was the first person to ever land like that so that was
0: fun oh.
1: that's something you can tell the grandkids <laughs> yeah well
0: gotta be nice
1: O-E, O-U-E Skyspace L.A., the premier destination for panoramic 360-degree views of L.A. You'll have the chance to feel the thrill when you experience the heart-pounding adventure of the first-ever sky slide. Of course, 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. There are a limited amount of tickets, guys. So you got to get them before they are gone. You want details? Go to KFIAM640.com and type Mixer in that little search box. It really is beautiful up there. You should go
0: if you can. When you're not crying, right?
5: I wasn't crying. I was laughing. (laughs) I didn't cry. There's no crying on the sky slide.
0: (laughs) Uh, One of the stories we talked about a little bit earlier today was the story of uh, Charlie Rose. The new report is that there are 27 women going back decades who have accused him of things like... groping their butt and their boobs um answering the door with a towel in his hand not wrapped around That's
1: not his what that's area. for Yeah but did you in this same uh I guess bad men folder did you hear what Cosby's wife said yesterday
0: Camille Camille
1: What a horse's bottom
0: This was not real justice this was mob justice
1: We're going to talk all about it you'll never believe whose name she decides to invoke to compare her disgraceful husband to.
0: Gary and Shannon will continue right after this.
1: It's just hard because it slowly... Build. You know, it's not just like one morning you wake up and, you know, you're
0: 800 pounds. That's yeah. where we're going now, right? It's it's a scientific thing. I don't know how it... Like,
1: at what point do you know it's getting out of control?
0: Is that... Uh... Blake, is that... What's his face in the night sweats?
3: Yeah, this is uh, You Worry Me by Nathaniel Rateliff in the night sweats. love it.
0: We've been doing some uh, weird science stories. One of them is that um, more of a mental story than anything, but uh, if parents can enjoy the same music as their kids, some research from the University of Arizona suggests it would do wonders for your actual relationship. The authors of the study say you, as a parent, should give Drake a try or Cardi B.
1: Well, you have been kind of uh, resistant to the Cardi B movement.
0: She's really the only one. <laughs> um, but I, there, almost all of the other music that my daughter listens to, I will listen to. Almost well, she
1: all. has... Um... She has taste that's not completely different from your own. True. You enjoy some pop music. Yeah. Uh, but when your son was in his death metal phase, mm-hmm. you weren't listening to hell a hell of a lot of that to get closer. No,
0: I, I think yeah. as deep as I got into that was Breaking Benjamin. I did go to a Dragon Force concert, which was a different story. But Dragon Force. Yeah. Googling. It was not a good, not a good. Dragon. But the children are young and their parents tend to sing nursery rhymes together. They're driven in the car. They listen to the same music. Once they get into adolescence, kids often listen to music on their headphones. My kids never really did that a whole lot.
1: Does Dragon Force have any profanity in it?
0: You you wouldn't be able to tell if they did. Okay. It's so fast. Yeah.
3: Oh, I kind of like it.
0: It's it's very late it's like, 80s It's sounding. like Rush
1: meets Def Leppard.
0: Uh,
1: or Metallica.
0: Played at uh, 78 RPM. That's what yes. it sounds like. Um, old beer news. First old beer story is there is a there are scientists that are working to revive a 220-year-old beer that was found in a shipwreck. They said that this uh, shipwrecked in 1797, and it had a porthouse ale in it. With hints of blackcurrant and spices, they're trying to recreate that so that they can sell it somewhere in Australia. That's
1: very cool.
0: It would be really neat to taste it, but just to change the the idea of how it is that we've uh, beer has evolved over 200 years, here's the other one. Budweiser has a, something called a reserve collection. And what they do is they recreate old recipes, whether it's Budweiser's own recipes or recipes that they find. For example, one of them was a, uh, what do you call it? It was a pre- repeal reserve or something like that a repeal reserve is what it was this newest one is called freedom reserve red lager inspired by a, a handwritten recipe by george washington
1: wow that's a whole dose of america isn't
0: it uh he hand penned a recipe to make small beer in his personal journal take, military journal
1: take a large sifter full of bran hops to your taste boil these three hours he wrote in his journal then strain out 30 gallons into a cooler put in three gallons molasses while the beer is scalding hot or rather drain the molasses into the cooler strain the beer this is very detailed yes
0: it is <laughs> he was quite a it's uh, quite a home brewer apparently
1: leave the bung open until it's almost done working
0: okay now do you need an explanation of what that is yes yes you do? You're a wine person.
1: I drink wine. I don't make it.
0: <laughs> okay, and picture a barrel then. Okay. And there's a hole in the barrel
1: mm-hmm.
0: where they put the little thing in that they can test the, bar- the barrel the wine. tasting. Do you know what the hole is called? The hole in the, the barrel. The bung hole. And the cork that sits in the bung hole is called the bung. Do you know what makes the bung hole? A bung driller? Bung hole reamer. I'm going home. Thanks, Blake. Then you put in a quart of yeast. If the weather is very cold, cover it uh, with a blanket. Let it work in the cooler 24 hours. Then put it into the cask. Bottle it that day, the week it was brewed. This limited edition beer, they said, is going to be brewed by Budweiser's veterans. Signatures will be displayed prominently on each of the vintage stubby bottles in the one-pint cans. And they're saying that the, um, if I'm not mistaken, some of the proceeds will go to... Uh, uh, a veterans scholarship, military scholarship, fam, military family scholarship fund for Folds of Honor. And they've already raised $14 million. So that's very cool. Again, it's called the Freedom Reserve Red Lager that Budweiser's putting out. All right. Hey, the John and Ken show is on the road today.
1: Oh, yeah. Are they in a, an undisclosed location?
0: Uh, I don't know if we get a thumbs up on that. It's
1: like pump up the volume. It's like, it's like Christian Slater.
0: It is in Ventura, but they're the ones who are going to have all the specific details so that you can you can travel on out there. It can we will... talk?
1: Can we can we talk to them? Hello, hello, Ken.
9: Yes, you can talk to me. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> are you all right? Are you safe?
9: What well, what's this worry? Yes, we're uh, in lovely Ventura, sixty-two degrees. We're on the promenade.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know where you were broadcasting from. If it was an undisclosed location or not.
9: No, in fact, uh, I'm looking right at the Aloha Steakhouse where Anthony Mealy Jr. was stabbed to death uh, two weeks ago today, and that's what brought us here.
0: Wow, and you guys, there's a huge rally, I understand, uh, from one of the flyers I saw of yours later on as well.
9: Yeah, I guess that caused a problem for the juice company guy who backed out. Oh, but- we improvised, and we are here anyway. We're inviting everyone. I got some emails this morning from people. Are you still going to Ventura? We are. We're here. We're on the promenade. Come see us. Be a part of this. If you really want to fight back and do something about the homeless problem in Ventura and really the whole surrounding area, come here today and voice what you got to say. And you're going to do the whole show
0: there. So if you're hearing it right now, there's plenty of time to get out there before 6 o'clock.
9: Yeah, you could come. Yeah. Well, that's...
0: I got dead air. No, no. I was just trying to think. I... I probably
9: could. You could. I could. Yeah. You Shannon, too, Shannon.
0: Shannon and I are going to drive out there together.
9: Uh, it's a beach day. It's I mean, it's sunny. It's yeah, perfect it's weather. Beautiful. It's a little cool, but it feels great out here. Awesome. All you right. right. Love it. You're <laughs> beach people, right? You're very white people, but are you beach people? You white No, people? we burn. You are. I don't think side. anyone of you've ever had a tan. Have no, you don't. we
1: don't tan. We go straight to uh, third peel? degree. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Yeah. yeah we, you peel. I you always blister hate blister too when I easily. Yeah.
0: You blister. John and Ken show coming up from Ventura live today. That's coming up right away. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody.
2: Oh,
0: goodbye. Gary and Shannon.
2: I want to be the slip, slip word upon your lip, lip. you rip, rip. Break me down and build me up. Whatever Because I love the in my I Whatever Gary and
1: Shannon this twitter thursday follow us at gary and shannon on twitter we'll follow you right back how cool is
10: that
0: uh, speaking of twitter one of the uh trending topics around the uh, around the country today is that camille cosby has put out a statement and called for a criminal investigation into the da that prosecuted her husband successfully got him found guilty on uh, three counts Bill Cosby was labeled as guilty because the media and the accusers said so, she said. All right. Uh, I'm just going to read to you one, one tweet that I saw today that I think put a lot of people's attitudes about her statement in perspective. Dear Camille, this is from Claudia, somebody. Dear Camille, you knew you stayed quiet for that big paycheck and big home. You allowed more women to get abused by a serial sadistic rapist for decades and did nothing. You're a coward and complicit. Signed, all the women who have known abusers and left them. Wow. Now, she goes on to say, Camille does, that this was mob justice, this was not real justice, and that this is a tragedy that has to be undone. I'm curious to know what she felt about the original court case. The one that was found in her husband's face. What
1: a sick person. Not just to be the Dottie Sandusky in all of this and to stand by. And by the way, some of the abuse and the rapes occurred in her home. Uh, And not just to look the other way, but to take her monster status one step further and say that it's on the prosecutor and that it's on the investigators and and that this was racist in some sort of way. Uh, Mark Remillard is covering the story for us. Joins us now, uh, Mark. What's the latest?
8: Well, we've uh, we've as I know you guys were talking about there. We've heard from uh, our first time from Camille Cosby, and uh, quite an explosive statement uh, going after the accusers of Cosby's, uh, including Andrea Constand, uh, saying that she perjured herself, or that she believes that she perjured herself on the stand, and that she was lying, uh, even going after the very pillars of society, invoking the words, we the people, and how the the Constitution uh, left outcasts, and those outcasts then brought forth new amendments to make this a more just society, and then enters Bill Cosby, uh, uh, very much painting him as a victim of the media, as a victim of racism in the justice system, essentially, uh, and and a victim of these, what she says are false accounts of his accusers. And then uh, I think one of the most interesting things out of that is calling for an investigation into the district attorney uh, who prosecuted this case.
0: She referenced... She referenced the death of Emmett Till in this in terms of uh, referring to what happened to her husband as a lynching. That's got to piss some people off.
8: Um, yeah, you would you would think this is definitely a pretty inflammatory statement to make. Uh, and and you know the interesting thing is there's actually much in this statement that echoes what we heard from Andrew Wyatt and Ebony Benson, who are the two people really in charge of Cosby's uh, publicity and his and his public relations. Essentially, Andrew Wyatt is the guy that every morning we'd see uh, Cosby holding on to his arm as they walked into court. Uh, and the two of them on Good Morning America the day after the verdict went on and really said a lot lot of the same things, said, compared this to a lynching, compared this to Emmett Till, uh, and uh, said that these accusers were all false and that, uh, you know, this was an unjust trial, essentially. Uh, And, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me in the statement, though, from her was uh, she said, once again, uh, an innocent person has been found guilty based on unthinking, unquestioning, unconstitutional frenzy propagated by the media, et cetera, et cetera, which is so different than the words of Andrew Wyatt during the jury deliberations that would seem to me that they're talking about the jury there essentially and the court process and Andrew Wyatt told me they were thankful that the jury was so thoughtful and questioning of the evidence to make sure that they were reaching their fair conclusion and a jury did reach a conclusion and clearly it's not the conclusion that Cosby or his family or his reps wanted and uh, now we have this statement.
1: Was she there for the for the majority of the trial, or was she just there a couple of the of the days? I mean, she been standing by him, I guess you could say, the whole time, or she been am I?
8: yeah she's always stood by him and defended him uh she's in the years before even you know as in the years before the uh depositions that Cosby gave in which he talked about giving quaaludes to women uh he talked about his sexual encounters with andrea constan he uh he did interviews and was asked about this a few different times about his um his uh his these allegations around him of sexual misconduct. Uh, and she had stood by him in those interviews. Uh, and and during the court process, she really wasn't in court much. Uh, I believe the only time that she was in court was actually during the closing arguments in which the defense presented their closing arguments. And when that wrapped up, she left court uh, and was no longer there. She was not there for the verdict.
1: I think you're going to see a lot of backlash. It's not just Emmett Till's name that she uses She also talks about uh, Daryl Hunt, an African American who in 1984 was wrongly convicted for the rape and murder of a white woman. It's all, she's like making it about race and wrongful convictions. And you know who you're slapping in the face? All the people who were wrongfully convicted.
8: Mm. You know?
1: Yeah. And to that
8: point, she does choose two cases in which essentially someone was falsely accused and falsely convicted, uh, Emmett Till and, and this other case here. Uh But certainly it's, it cannot be lost that uh, these cases involved a, a black person being falsely arrested, falsely accused and falsely convicted. And so it's certainly that can't be lost. But, uh you know, this is Bill Cosby is convicted by a jury of his peers he's facing a serious sentence uh and and we'll see whether or not obviously his appeal goes forward but uh you know I'm worth mentioning two members of the jury uh, that convicted him were African American. Uh, a-, a comedian who really brought this to the public's attention years ago was a black comedian who began doing a bit about how C- Bill Cosby was a rapist, and that sparked a lot of attention, which then sparked the unsealing or the media's attempt to unseal these deposition records. So, you know, you have to, you know, you can, I guess, make your, draw your own conclusions whether or not uh, racism played a role in this case. Clearly, to Camille, it would seem, that she believes that that is the case.
0: Mark, thank you so much. Thank you. Mark Remillard there with the latest on what uh, Camille Cosby's three-page statement said. She did go on to say that the dozens of other women who have accused Bill Cosby are basically a lynch mob spurred on by the media's frenzied, relentless demonization of the man who earned a reputation as America's dad, playing Dr. Cliff Huxable and on and on. You
1: earned a reputation as a sick rapist.
0: Here's the thing, though. I don't know anybody who felt great about taking down Bill Cosby. No. Every time we had to do this story, I would recount how much joy Bill Cosby's stand-up albums would bring me and how not too long ago, as dumb as this sounds... We would download Bill Cosby albums and play them for the kids on road trips because we knew that we could. And that died that there's so much of that that died. The idea that Camille's in this world where people want to bring Bill Cosby down simply because he's a black man doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I remember watching that show and thinking it was the perfect definition of home. You know, you'd watch that show. There's certain sets, and they would just make you feel good and yeah. safe.
0: And there's three and generations because there's his dad is showing up, and her parents showed up, and the kids. And
1: Nobody wanted to take down Bill Cosby. It was one of the heartbreaks when we found out that this person... Was was guilty of drugging and and raping women for for generations, and he was just so well protected because of the brand making it making so much money.
0: They've been married for fifty four years. Fifty four years. I mean, there's and certain like people you said, who
1: you just don't care about. Matt Lauer, okay, big freaking whoop. I don't care. About yeah, there's guy. no investment you know in I mean? Matt Lauer. Bill Cosby was. It was a heartbreak to hear that.
0: That's just frustrating. That 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 makes me angry that she's so insulated from and you know what there are there
1: are race problems that exist in this country don't start making them up
0: right when she (laughs) uses it in a situation like this it diminishes those other problems
1: absolutely it does it's sick it's it's the the delusion that goes on in that house is just at a sick level all right your chance to win one thousand dollars is coming up how about them apples
0: i think that means something different no also oh you mean like Oh, you mean like in the old, uh, the old, uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's the guy's name? I want to say waiting for Guffman. That's not the right. Word. Thank you. Ben Affleck and Matt and Damon Matt Damon.
1: I got her number. Yeah. How do you like them, How do you apples? Like them apples? Are we explaining Mark
0: Saltzman's also going to join us? Can in we please no, we're not, not ex- become one
1: of those shows that explains everything? Sorry.
0: I just couldn't think of the name Goodwill Hunting. Is this what's going to happen? And I came up with waiting for Guffman. As
1: you get older. Just kidding. Isn't it Singles, though? Isn't that Vince Vaughn?
0: On what? Oh, no, it is. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Now mm -hmm. Monica's questioning me.
1: You know, there's a big uh, theory that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did not write that screenplay. What? And they haven't written anything since, which leads more people to speculate that they did not write that screenplay. I heard they're not besties anymore either. Really? Yeah. Okay.
5: We'll talk about this later. Maybe it was a back tattoo. (laughs)
0: Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, Thursday, it's May 3rd, $1,000 waiting for you. Your
2: shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to
0: 200-200. Remember, if you win, they'll give you a call. you got to answer that phone or else they're going to move on to somebody who will answer. Another chance to win next hour.
1: Are you right? Are you up, shor- right in the middle of that? Are you shorting uh,
0: Dolores? Uh, the next hour in the uh, John and Ken show, and all the way through the first hour of the Conway show, we're giving away thousand dollars an
1: hour. Analysis.
2: The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk, brought to you by Skynet.
1: Technology. Mark Saltzman, our friend our tech guru USA Today columnist and all-around genius joins us every Thursday to talk tech and today Windows 10 who
0: is it? Yeah. Hey who, guys who
1: isn't into <laughs> Windows
0: 10 She has no idea what Windows 10 is. It's an operating system. <laughs> oh. It is yes. Uh, but the you update guys are too funny. The update comes out on Tuesday right? No, so yeah, so
10: May 8th, right. Uh all seven hundred million Uh, Windows 10 devices will uh, have this update available. It'll be pushed. It's usually automatic. You said it's automatic so you don't have to remember to update it. And if you're smart, you do it in the middle of the night. So if your computer's on, that is. um, So it doesn't interrupt your workflow. But you can get it now. So as of uh, Tuesday of this week, you can get it now if you go into the settings and choose to download the uh, Windows 10. It's called, not the sexiest of names, but it's the Windows 10 April 2018 update. But more importantly, it does have a number of productivity boosting features, I would say, Uh, and that was the um, topic of my column in USA Today last week. I took five of them that I like the best and fleshed it out on on how to activate it. So definitely people are using Windows to get more done in less time, uh, both consumers and businesses. So my favorite one is probably Timeline. This happens to me all the time. I want to quickly access a file or a photo or something that I recently worked on, but I can't find it quick enough. I have to go to my Windows Explorer or I do a search, whatever. But now there's this little tab at the bottom of the screen that uh, is called Task View. And what it does is it shows you uh, historically, like chronologically, what you last worked on. So you can just scroll back with this little sort of drag and, you know, little drag bar on the right side. And the timeline will show you snapshots, little photo, like little thumbnails of things that you've worked on, like a document or a photo I was editing or uh, an audio file I was editing. And it lets you quickly find it. So that's what I like the most. And you can do a search. There's a little search window. So timeline is something I think Windows users are going to love. You can call up something that you worked on an hour ago or up to 30 days ago. So it does really make it easier to find what you're looking for.
0: The other one that I that I, I saw yeah. on your list that I kind of expected that we already had was Dictation.
10: Yeah, so Windows 10 has had Cortana, which is its built-in personal assistant, and you can kind of, you know, you could use it like Siri or Google Assistant or Alexa. You can ask it to do certain things, uh, but it wasn't the best, and it wasn't the easiest to initiate. But that is something that I like a lot. Um, you know, but talking instead of typing, I just find I'm about two to three times faster and more accurate. So now when you're in uh, anything that takes a, a keyboard, you can, um, you know, click and, and start talking. And it is called dictation. So it's more, I would say, a, of an improvement uh, rather than a whole new uh, feature being rolled out with this Windows 10 update. To get going, you just type the word speech. In the search window, which is at the bottom of your screen, and you do, like it takes like two minutes. You just basically click whether you're you're using a microphone that's uh, on a headset, in a desktop mic, or one that's built into the computer. And then that's pretty much it. Then at any time now, whenever there is a cursor, like in Microsoft Word, uh, you can, or if you want, you just press the Windows key and H at the same time, start speaking and you're going to start seeing the words being typed out. And Cortana is a related feature, of course, where you can also get things like you know fax or set reminders. You can send emails, open apps, all by using your voice. So, uh, yeah, I like the dictation feature a lot, especially in Word. You're going to see a a button now in Word that lets you talk instead of type, which I think is long overdue.
0: Well, the whole list of of these cool things that you can do with the new Windows 10 update we put up on the website so that you can check it out. You can also... Uh, Find Mark on Twitter, at Mark with a C, Mark underscore Saltzman. One of the other stories I wanted to ask you about was uh, Alexa. uh, Lego has unveiled an Alexa story skill that can actually walk your kids through story time.
10: Yeah, I love these technologies that fuse the virtual with the physical, you know, where they combine something like Nintendo's uh, Labo, which is like these cardboard things that you fold up and it works with the Nintendo Switch game system. So similarly, Amazon and Lego has this new skill. A skill is an add-on. It's a free uh, add-on or app for Alexa devices that lets kids play with Duplo blocks, which are these larger kid-friendly Lego blocks, but by having Alexa guide you through the playtime as well, verbally. So the idea is, you know, um, kids and parents can can walk through these customizable story themes around, you know, say animals or vehicles with Amazon's voice assistant, encouraging that constructive and exploratory play. And it could, for example, say, okay, Timmy, Now build me something with that's made with red blocks or build me a dog, that kind of thing. Now, the Lego blocks at this point in time aren't high-tech enough to know if you did it right or wrong. So, you know, it's meant as a guide, but you bet going forward... You know, with this whole IOT or Internet of Things revolution that we're on the cusp of, every Lego block will have a chip or a sensor of some sort, and it will know, it will give you that verbal, uh, cue that you're doing the right thing, that you are building a dog or you are using the right colors. So it's just a, a glimpse into where we're going, but it's kind of neat. It's a free Alexa skill that you can download for your Amazon device, uh, tied to Lego and Duplo blocks if your little kids play with
0: those. Awesome. Mark, thank you once again for everything. Check It Out. Sure, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check nice. It Out is the podcast that you can hear on the uh, Pod Squad. Uh, you go to the KFI website, kfiam640.com. You can check out uh, Mark's weekly podcast there. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. You bet. Mark Saltzman there with the latest. And, again, follow Mark uh, on Twitter at Mark with a C, Mark underscore Saltzman.
1: Coming up next. Weird uh Odd. i uh, I'd go with strange strange science
0: and I do not like that last one that uh
1: oh the chicken no, bone no, and I don't lung? want to
0: talk about the chicken bone
1: holy hell when chicken wings attack
0: Gary and Shannon will continue <laughs> Don't forget, you can follow us on social media. Do so. Tell your friends about it. At Gary and Shannon. Hit the follow button, by the way, when you find us on uh, the iHeartRadio app. You can find our podcasts up on there. Make sure that you follow us. Tell everybody how much you enjoy it. Or not, I don't care. I mean, I do care, but you just telling people is actually what we're looking for. But uh, Nick gave us a stack of some strange things that we wanted to talk about. They're like uh, odd science. How about this? Just call them strange science. Mm.
2: Strange science. It's, it's like weird science, but strange.
1: So there's this guy in Australia. 78 years old. And he goes to the emergency room because he chokes while eating chicken.
0: He told doctors that he felt like... Why are you laughing at that? He (laughs) choked on the chicken. That's... I know. But you... Jeez.
1: You're laughing at the same thing. I am not.
0: I'm laughing at you laughing at them choking on the chicken. All right, So 78-year-old guy chokes on the chicken.
1: Okay, you can't stop saying it, and it's making it worse. He tells the doctors that he felt like he had something stuck in his throat, but the X-ray of his neck and chest do not show anything suspicious. So the doctors are like, well, whatever it was, it's probably dislodged. Why don't you go on home now? Well, five days later, the man was back in the ER. This time, he's got a fever, shortness of breath. There's a wheezing sound That's coming out of him when he inhales. Man. So they perform a CT scan, and that's when they find it, a chicken bone right in the lungs. Right in his
0: main stem bronchus, the airway passage that branches off from the trachea into the lung.
1: Five days, he had a chicken bone in his lung. The takeaway is this. When you go to the the office of the doctor Mm -hmm. and they say you're fine and you don't feel fine, just don't leave until they do
0: something. How long I know, but but how long does it take? Here's the thing. When you inhale something that you're not supposed to, your body usually tells you that something is wrong, Mm -hmm. right? So this guy knew obviously something was wrong. There was a report from Canada, though, that described a, a woman who went 22 years, not just five days, 22 years with a bone fragment lodged in her bronchus.
1: Does everybody right now... Have feel like his like yeah, shortness yeah, of yeah, breath. yeah 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 like you, you're feeling your bronchus like you don't know where your bronchus is but it's somewhere in there but and it's you, inflamed and, and right you now you feel like you can feel it right now like about, you may have had a bone in there from 1994
0: how about this one a 47 year old man in england turned uh learned that he had a tiny toy traffic yeah. cone my, lodged in his bronchus
1: my bronchus feels like it has a matchbox car in it
0: 47 years old That tiny toy traffic cone was lodged in his throat when he was seven. It took 40 years for them to figure that out.
1: So, I mean, one could argue you you go along living life just fine with things stuck in your bronchus.
0: We're going to go back to the choking the chicken thing or choking on a chicken. (laughs) I said it wrong. Darn
1: it. What are you, seven?
0: Um, people in Finland who regularly take saunas, regularly take saunas, mm-hmm. may face a far lower stroke risk than those who go less often to the sauna.
1: There mm-hmm. was a report in the journal Neurology, and it was the first to assess the relationship between saunas and strokes. They based this off of more than 1,600 people who were followed for an average of 15 years. Does it
0: say which, uh, which edition of neurology?
1: No. Oh, because there was one that had the Washington
0: Redskins cheerleading squad on it. I just didn't know if that was it.
1: No, that's not called neurology. That one. Got it. Anyway, um, those who spent time in the sauna for four to seven days a week showed a 61% lower risk of having a stroke than people who went just once a week.
0: Yeah, the problem is I've well I've never been to Finland. Have you been to Finland? I have. Okay, uh, do, are there saunas all over the place? Helsinki. The only place I know of a sauna is at the LA Fitness that I go to. That's it. And well, they're I am, very you complete. are never catching me dead in that place. They're very
1: common. Um, the people have them in their homes a lot there. In Finland? Yes.
0: Not in the San Gabriel Mountains.
1: I well there too.
0: There too. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: I love saunas.
0: Do you go into a sauna, say, four to seven days a week? No. Once?
1: Maybe once every two weeks.
0: Something like that.
1: I could use it more.
0: Well, if you want to avoid a stroke, that's a great idea. One of the stories that got me in trouble this week was the story about a, a canine officer who did not take a bite out of somebody at the end of a police chase. And one of the things, uh, the reason I said it in the first place was it, I felt so bad for this police a canine officer because the canine was not allowed to chomp the guy. I mean, that's what they live for. And these dogs bred to do and trained to do these certain things can literally get depressed if they don't get to fulfill their drive. Uh, Which brought up a question about whether or not dogs that work for a living as opposed to just lay around the house like mine does. Do they actually like the jobs that they do?
1: Well, there was a recent study in Applied Animal Behavior Science. Do you get that journal?
0: I don't think I get that one. Is that the one that had the cheerleaders on the front of it? No. Okay, then no.
1: This was a report that dogs, therapy dogs in pediatric cancer wards are not stressed by their work and, in fact, seem to enjoy it in most cases. The researchers measured levels of cortisol, well, of course, a hormone elevated in response to stress. They measured it in the canine saliva. The swabs were taken both at home and during therapy sessions at the hospital. Uh, Cortisol levels rise with both good and bad stress. So let's say we've got uh, a dog that loves to play ball. When the ball comes out and the dog starts chasing the ball, that would elevate the dog's cortisol levels as well, right? So the team videotaped analyzed 26 canine behaviors in three categories. Uh, friendly actions like approaching a person or play bowing, moderate stress indicators like lip, link- uh, lip licking and shaking, and high stress behaviors like whimpering. The scientists found no difference between the study dog's cortisol levels at home and at the hospital, evidence that the therapy dogs were not stressed. Mm.
0: So they do like what they do.
1: Yes. They like uh, they like helping.
0: Two of the dog training experts that I've taken all my cues from are Cesar Milan and Megan Levy. And uh, if you remember the movie with Kate Mara. And they both say dogs absolutely love, you'll have the best behaved dog when they do what they are trained to do and bred to do. So if I have a dog, for example, that's a terrier of some kind, they're built and bred to... Go after small creatures, little things, little bugs and uh, rats and rodents and lizards and stuff like that. My dog is the happiest when he's chasing lizards. Absolutely the happiest.
1: Jim just wrote to us on Twitter and he says, Gary, watch the foul language.
0: Did he say it like that?
1: (laughs) Yes. It's clever. It was clever. I thought so, too.
0: We have some good beer news when we come back to some strange science. Old good Beer news. Gary and Shannon will continue.
1: It's just hard because it slowly builds. You know, it's not just like one morning you wake up and You know, you're 800.
0: Pounds. That's where we're going now, right? It's it's a scientific thing. I don't know how it.
1: Like at what point do you know it's getting out of control?
0: Is that, uh, Blake, is that, what's his face in the night sweats?
3: Yeah, this is uh, You Worry Me by Nathaniel Rateliff in the night sweats. love it.
0: We've been doing some uh, weird science stories. One of them is that, um, more of a mental story than anything, but uh, if parents can enjoy the same music as their kids, some research from the University of Arizona suggests it would do wonders for your actual relationship. The authors of the study say you, as a parent, should give Drake a try or Cardi B.
1: Well, you have been kind of uh, resistant to the Cardi B movement.
0: She's really the only one. <laughs> um, but I there, almost all of the other music that my daughter listens to, I will listen to. Almost well, she
1: all. has um, she has taste that's not completely different from your own. you enjoy some pop music yeah Uh, but when your son was in his death metal phase Mm -hmm. you weren't listening to hell a hell of a lot of that to get closer no
0: i i think as deep as i got into that was breaking benjamin i did go to a dragon force concert which was a different story but dragon
1: force googling
0: it was not a good not a good thing but the children are young and their parents tend to sing nursery rhymes together they're driven in the car they listen to the same music once they get into adolescence, kids often listen to music on their headphones. My kids never really did that a whole lot.
1: Does Dragon Force have any profanity in it?
0: You you wouldn't be able to tell if they did. Okay. It's so fast. Yeah.
3: Oh, I kind of like it.
0: It's it's very late it's like, 80s It's sounding. like Rush
1: meets Def Leppard.
0: Uh, or Metallica. Played at uh, 78 RPM. What yes. it sounds like um, old beer news. First old beer story is there is a there are scientists that are working to revive a 220 year old beer that was found in a shipwreck. They said that this uh, shipwrecked in 1797 and it had a porthouse ale in it. With hints of blackcurrant and spices, they're trying to recreate that so that they can sell it somewhere in Australia. That's very cool. It would be really neat to taste it, but just to change the the idea of how it is that we've uh, beer has evolved over 200 years. Here's the other one. Budweiser has a, something called a reserve collection. And what they do is they recreate old recipes, whether it's Budweiser's own recipes or recipes that they find. For example, one of them was a, uh, what do you call it? It was a pre- Repeal Reserve or something like that, or Repeal Reserve is what it was. This newest one is called Freedom Reserve Red Lager, inspired by a a handwritten recipe by George Washington.
1: Wow, that's a whole dose of America, isn't it?
0: Uh, He hand-penned a recipe to make small beer in his personal journal, military journal.
1: Take a large sifter full of bran hops to your taste boil these three hours he wrote in his journal then strain out 30 gallons into a cooler put in three gallons molasses while the beer is scalding hot or rather drain the molasses into the cooler strain the beer this is very detailed yes
0: it is (laughs) he was quite a uh, it's quite a home brewer apparently
1: leave the bung open until it's almost done working
0: okay now do you need an explanation of what that is yes you do? You're a wine person.
1: I drink wine. I don't make it.
0: <laughs> okay, um, picture a barrel then. Okay. And there's a hole in the barrel mm-hmm. where they put their little thing in and they could test the, their, the barrel the tasting. Wine. Do you know what the hole is called?
1: The hole in the The bung barrel.
0: hole. And the cork that sits in the bung hole is called the bung. Do you know what makes the bung hole? A bung driller? Bung hole reamer. I'm going home. Thanks, Blake. Then you put in a quart of yeast. If the weather is very cold, cover it uh, with a blanket. Let it work in the cooler 24 hours. Then put it into the cask. Bottle it that day, the week it was brewed. This limited edition beer, they said, is going to be brewed by Budweiser's veterans. Signatures will be displayed prominently on each of the vintage stubby bottles in the one-pint cans. And they're saying that the, um, if I'm not mistaken, some of the proceeds will go to... Uh, uh, a veterans scholarship, military scholarship, fam, military family scholarship fund for folds of honor, and they've already raised fourteen million dollars. So that's very cool. Again, it's called the Freedom Reserve Red Logger that Budweiser's putting out. All right, hey, the John and Ken show is on the road today.
1: Oh yeah, are they in a an undisclosed location?
0: Uh, I don't know if we get a thumbs up on that. It's like
1: pump up the volume. It's like it's like Christian Slater.
0: It is in Ventura, but they're the ones who are going to have all the specific details so that you can you can travel on out there. It can we will talk? Not...
1: Can we can we talk to them? Hello, hello, Ken.
9: Yes, you can talk to me. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> are you all right? Are you safe?
9: What well, what's this worry? Yes, we're well, in lovely Ventura, sixty-two degrees around the promenade.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know where you were broadcasting from. If it was an undisclosed location or not.
9: No, in fact, uh, I'm looking right at the Aloha Steakhouse where Anthony Mealy Jr. was stabbed to death uh, two weeks ago today, and that's what brought us here.
0: Wow, and you guys, there's a huge rally, I understand, uh, from one of the flyers I saw of yours later on as well.
9: Yeah, I guess that caused a problem for the juice company guy who backed out. Oh, we improvised, and we are here anyway. We're inviting everyone. I got some emails this morning from people. Are you still going to Ventura? We are. We're here. We're on the promenade. Come see us. Be a part of this. If you really want to fight back and do something about the homeless problem in Ventura and really the whole surrounding area, come here today and voice what you got to say. And you're going to
0: do the whole show there. So if you're hearing it right now, there's plenty of time to get out there before 6 o'clock.
9: Yeah, you could come. Yeah. Well, that's-
0: I got dead air. No, no. I was just trying to think. I... I probably could. You could. I could. Yeah, you Shannon, too, Shannon. Shannon and I are going to drive out there together.
9: Oh, it's a beach day. It's I mean, it's sunny. It's yeah, perfect it's weather. Beautiful. It's a little cool, but it feels great out here. Awesome. All right, right. love it. You're <laughs> beach people, right? You're very white people, but are you beach people? You white no, people. Burned. You are. I don't easy. think anyone of you've ever had a tan. Had no, a no. we
1: don't tan. We go straight to uh, third peel? degree. Yeah, yeah,
9: yeah. yeah we, you peel. I, you always blister, I blister too
0: peel. easily. Yeah. You blister. John again show coming up from Ventura live today. That's coming up right away. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody.
4: Oh, goodbye. Gary
6: and Shannon.